I'm not going to be able to make it, but I'll try. All right. We'll go really fast. It's 919 here, and I went running a little while ago, so I'm probably going to die at some point. So if you hear my snores, then congratulations. You made me fall asleep on the podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Somebody fell asleep. I can hear somebody snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what that noise was, actually. <laughs> Aaron, are you there? <laughs> somebody make a note. <laughs> Is Aaron really asleep? Before him now. He's snoring. Yeah, Harry from Glad I can amuse. Hello? Are you back? That? Hey, guys. Aaron, <laughs> asleep for a little bit. Nice of you to join us. <laughs> no, if this I was a party, we would have dumped your fingers in warm water by now. I made the, I made the newbie mistake of, of sitting too comfortably in my chair at my desk <laughs> and putting my feet up. Yeah. My face is red right now, so. Well, we didn't notice it until you started snoring. <laughs> I mean, the, 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 it was unmistakable. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a blatant call to uh, end the podcast. <laughs> I'll try not to. We we love that. Oh, I had I a message. Say, I fell, you fell asleep. I fell asleep on the podcast before. Yeah, but you don't snore, so we don't know you do it. I know, I just get really quiet. You're like, Trisha, Trisha, Trisha. I'm like, Babylon, yeah. you know. I know, we're like, Trisha, vomit. You're like, uh, oh, yeah, cool, vomit. <laughs> oh, well. It's just delayed reaction, man. Yeah. So, I'm a horrible Hufflepuff. What the hell is a Hufflepuff? Oh, no. How are you a horrible Hufflepuff? On, this can't be possible. On Saturday, I was hauling loads and loads of chicken manure out to the field. Mm-hmm. because we'd neglected it because both of us have bad knees and we just couldn't deal with it. And these four little kids came to the fence and waved at me. And so I drove over on the tractor and I said, hi. And they said, can we come play? And I said, no. And they said, but we want to come over. And I said, well, there's nothing to do. And then, of course, Bonnie came up there like, oh, you have a dog. Can we pet your dog? I said, you can't get over here. I said, you have to go through the electric fence, and you can't get through the electric fence. They're like, it's not on. Crawl through the electric fence and come over. Can we see your chickens? I said, okay. So I took them in and showed them the chickens. Well, they chased the chickens. They ran all over the place. They crawled in and out of doors that they shouldn't be in. They Mm -hmm. went covered in chicken muck. I know they did. And, you know, they helped me gather the eggs, which they were really excited to do, but they dropped them and broke like half, which is a very bad thing because we don't have very many eggs right now still because it's winter and they don't lay in the winter. I'm just like, uh, I can't handle this anymore. You know, I spend eight hours a day with you. I don't need more. So I sent them home and they're like, we'll come tomorrow. And I said, no, 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 no. You can come over if you see me and you cannot be here without me. You have to be, you know, you have to be with an adult. You can't come over here and just play. It's not okay. It's not safe. Because we've got a pond that's not fenced. I mean, it's dangerous around here for little kids. Mm-hmm. So 30 minutes later, they're back. We brought our older sister. She wants to see your chickens. I'm like, all right. So they came back the next day, and we chased them off. And they came back a second time the next day, and we chased them off. I have no idea if they were by yesterday, because mom was gone most of the day. And so they showed up today. Can we play? I said, I'm sorry, guys. I am I have a meeting in an hour because, you know, they don't understand podcasts. I have a meeting in an hour. I have to make dinner. Can we collect your eggs? I said, no, I'm not letting them near the eggs anymore. I said, look, guys, I don't mean to be mean, but you guys just can't come over here all the time. Can we come back tomorrow? No. How about this weekend? We're bored. We don't have anything to do. I said, well, you can't play here. You can't be here without me. And I have stuff to do. 
And I kept saying, I have to go make dinner. And they're like, da 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 da. And finally, the older girl said, just leave. They'll keep talking to you unless you turn turn around and lock the door in their face. So I turned around and shut the door and went in and made dinner. And next thing I know, there's two more at my door. Do you know where the other kids are? I'm like, I sent them home. Okay, we'll find them. I'm like, please don't let them be in my pond. So I feel mean, but I work with little kids all day. I don't want them when I come home. This is my sanctuary. I don't want kids here. <laughs> They're very excited to be here. I keep saying, go home. <laughs> go home. And they're like, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. I'm like, no. It's very sad. I feel like a bad Hufflepuff. Aw. I think you're being a good Hufflepuff. You're being protective. Yes. Yes, you're being, you're being, um. um yes. Does anybody want a nine-year-old? Does anybody want a nine-year-old? Was that the question? I'll take your nine-year-old yeah. if you take the four kids from next door. Uh... <laughs> I'm not sure that's a straight trade. <laughs> How old are the four kids? Um, Four, five, and six, maybe? Oh, I can duct tape them, so yeah. Okay, I'll ship them your way. You ship me, Ulrich. Uh-huh. No worries. I had a puffle moment yesterday. Did you? You never have yes. puffle moments. Go, Scott. It was time for supper, and as usual, I was uh, being late responding to the various calls to supper, and so... I ran down the hallway and caught one foot on the, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the feet of a rocking chair, I don't know, and um, thereby fell over and caught my neck on the top of my regular chair at the table. So, yeah. So I That's have a like sore a throat That's from uh, unusual causes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's kind of more like a tongue than a puffa moment. That's true, yes. Maybe we've been reading about her too much. Yeah. Yeah, well, Puffa hurt, Jen. It works. <laughs> and as you tell me the story, I get two messages from Jen, one on Facebook, one on Skype. So, exclamation point. So, something must be wrong. <laughs> uh, we would better find out. So, how about you, Aaron? We haven't heard from you. I'm good. I've been working hard and stuff and you know, enjoying reasonably cool weather here in, in Florida for a change. That's um, nice. But not cold weather. We have had, this has been a very mild winter for us so far. It's been a mild winter for up here, too. Yeah. Except for the one day when it snowed a foot overnight here. Yeah, that, that happens in, you know, places that aren't Florida from time to time, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't usually happen in Oregon that much. So, or they get rain. Part of Oregon. Yeah, we get rain. Mm-hmm. So it's Jen cool. is involved in a debate, her first one, and people aren't wholly insulting me. <laughs> Yay, Jen! Oh, that's good. I'm just having a good time. So, Aaron. Yes. Your name was brought into the Bad Fic podcast. So I heard. I uh, only good uh, things were said about you. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. Um, mm-hmm. I sure hope you're writing. Um, I have not been writing lately. I, uh, Christmas was was very busy. That 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 time was very busy, um, and uh, I wasn't really able to work on it. But I had been working pretty well before that, and um, I've been making um, good progress. I had been making good progress, I should say, with my um, Molly Weasley fic. Yes, um, yeah, it sounds about, wonderful. It's about eight chapters in. And when I hear I, it has a title. It does. Did Death Roll tell you the title already? It's in the podcast, but I, I don't okay. remember it. It's the love and fury of Molly Weasley. That's it. Yes, uh, very nice. And that took that was more difficult than I thought it would be, but uh, I, I had it I had it uh, listed on my um, 
the file was just called for the very longest time TTMW for time traveling Molly Weasley. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything. Um, Molly Weasley's most excellent adventure. Yeah. Molly, Molly, uh, Molly Weasley's bogus journey. There we go. <laughs> excellent. Execute the bogus. Dude. <laughs> Please don't have Molly Weasley saying "dude" because that would just no. She, she never says "dude." Never says "dude." <laughs> but um, was just having fun. I was um, you know, uh, been through and then you know, was I've got it pretty much um, except for I think year six is giving me trouble the 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 planning phase. But pretty much everything else is planned out. I just need to actually sit down and write about another thirty thousand words on it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's actually probably more than that, but it's um, it's starting it's starting out good, and uh, I've got to go through uh, death. Uh, death is my beta, mm-hmm. and he he gave me a long um, he uh, an edited uh, he went in an editing pass on the first I think seven chapters in the prologue, and I've been kind of reading through it and, and slogging and trying to get that all read through and, and evaluated so I can move forward a little bit. Um, and that that kind of that was kind of what held me up, but also I just it was I was very busy around uh, Christmas and after pretty much from Thanksgiving until January. But it's work is, is slowing down, and so I might be able to um, start picking up and, and and writing some more in the weeks and months to come. And I don't know, maybe I'll maybe it'll be something to there'll be something to read uh, in the in this well, year, maybe even. I'll make you a deal. Uh huh. You get it finished, and we'll podcast on it. Well, I <laughs> let's read it first before before we decide to podcast on it. I, I, All I gotta suggest is puke, vomit, yeah. vomit. Yes, I, I, you know, I was just I was just listening to um, um, the Away from the Sun podcasts, and that was um, that was brought up <laughs> the vomit thing. Yeah, it's brought Honestly, up the next think- two that are, haven't been released yet. So get used to well, the vomit. I'm looking forward yeah. to that because Away from the Sun very much one of my favorite fics, and probably I, I think my probably my favorite. Of, of Andy's mm-hmm. bunch, although um, she had a new one come out that I hadn't read, which was awesome. The Gravity, uh-huh. I think, is what it was. Right. I hadn't read that, and when I when I saw that you were podcast, it was the podcast were coming out for Away from the Sun, I went to go reread that, and Gravity was there. And I was like, oh snap! It was like it was like Christmas all over again because mm-hmm. I was like, yes, new new fic, and that one was pretty fun. She, you know, very much in the vein of her of her newer ones, you know, where that's you know it's all happiness uh, or mostly happiness, I should say. The, but I still really enjoy her kind of turbo angsty older ones like Carry Me Home. Mm-hmm. That was like crazy angsty. And then, of course, Away from the Sun had a pretty good amount of that. And yeah. yeah, I think Carry Me Home is the one that she said that she actually lost readers from or a reader. She lost a reader because of that fake. Well, I, I can understand that. I mean, people who uh, I mean, if Melinda was that if it had been Melinda, she would have lost Melinda. If Melinda read her stuff, she would have lost Melinda there because, you know, of all that. Yeah. Because of um Harry being dead. <laughs> I mean, that's you know not a spoiler since it's at the beginning of the fake, but yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, and Melinda will read it. It's really funny. Ella won't not. read it either. Really? Yeah, Ella has not read it. Now, mm-hmm. away from the sun, at least is like you know, there's there's happiness. You know, carry me home was basically just all just drama and sadness uh, and craziness. Yeah, I don't think I can handle that. We had a great author interview with her. She was a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. Um, she, um, I, I, I always suspected she would be very good at that. And um, she did, I don't know if anybody listens to Gallery Cast. Yeah, we do um, now, or I do now. <laughs> uh, Gallery Cast is great, by the way. Uh, I, I had I listened to that pretty religiously for a while, though I've not, I haven't found time to do it lately. Um, but they have a good group over there. And uh, I got to meet Patrick 
Um, at, Patrick's uh, fun. No, Patrick's great. Uh, I went to, got to meet him at Infinitus. Mm-hmm. But it was no, it was it was at Ascatraz. Uh, we got to meet him at Ascatraz, and uh, he, he gave me a CD of his filks because he has a bunch of he does because he he's really heavily into filking. He does the and filks, yeah. We were going to have him on on Spellcast at one point, but we uh, uh, didn't record any more episodes. So. <laughs> I've been having fun with accents actually because I've been I had I had been reading the entire Harry Potter series to my girlfriend and uh, sh- uh, I had been using voices for the various characters. Um, That's how and, I got started. And uh, I, I think my British accent was pretty good at the end. Um, mm-hmm. She's in the room here with me right now and she nodded her head yes that, that I was doing pretty good. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and we're doing um, re- rereading uh, we're rereading together. She's actually already read it um, Game of Thrones right now. We're on the first book. And uh, oh, yeah. in, in, in anticipation for season two coming out uh, in April. Right. Someone taught me that um, that I can load on my iPod. So I'll try listening to it. I've tried reading it and I've gotten into it, but I spend more time reading on the iPod than I do actual books. So it's hard for me to actually sit down and read. So I think I'll get further in it if I put it on the iText reader and read it. So I'm going to try that. Yeah. Um, I, the text reader is very helpful. I got... Um, Game of Thrones on my Kindle, right? Um, and I was able to use Text Reader when I was reading that the first time. But um, since I moved to my iPad, I don't have really that capability anymore, which kind of sucks. But mm-hmm. you know, whatever. I have um, easier access to other stuff, and generally good. I, I I actually like the iPad a lot, also for reading fan fiction. I've got a very good version of this fic that we're re- that we're reviewing tonight. The Shifts. I have a very good version of that uh, ebook version that I made for that. That's been good to me so far. Cool. It looks like it'd be good for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's large enough to actually have enough to be worth reading. Because if you tried to read fan book on a um, iPhone screen or something, it would take forever. Oh, it's it sucks. <laughs> Says the voice of experience here. <laughs> I've been desperate not to to yeah. read it on there, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm. You just see me just keep going, flipping my pages like crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can actually read text on my iPod, but it would be hard to do. Yeah. So, and my boss has hooked me on a new series that I've been burning through. I need a good book. It's the Anne Bishop series. What's that about? You would like it, Trisha, because it's got a really good sense of humor. It's about okay. Satan. Oh, is it now? Yes, and his two sons. Isn't that nice? It's Isn't and that his special? two sons, Demon and Lucivar. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. Unless you're listening on the text reader, and then it's Lucivar. Yes, well, me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's really <laughs> funny because he. He's this old man. He's been, you know, alive for 50,000 years or something like that. And so he's got a bad knee and he's got a cane and it's hysterical. And then this. Does it have vomit? Yeah, it might be. Okay. Um, this young girl shows up. She's a witch. And so he says that he'll teach her craft, which is basically magic. And so the first thing that everybody learns how to do is to like summons things, summon your shoes. So he says, okay, here's your shoes, summon them to you. And she tries and it doesn't work. And he's really disappointed because he can feel power in her, but she can't do the simplest of magic and he can't figure it out. So she goes home and he has no idea how she gets there or how she leaves, but she does it without him knowing. And one of his servants comes and goes, uh, sir, the castle moved. So when she tried to summon her shoes, she can't do that little thing, but she moved the entire castle. And then uh, moved it back. Uh, right. So, yeah. But the, the author has a wicked sense of humor and it's been pretty fun. And I've, I've had a great time laughing out loud. And, and, uh, one of the characters says, kiss, kiss. So because it was, uh, 
my boss who got me started on it, then whenever I see her, I go, kiss, kiss. <laughs> so we've started this thing and people look at us like we're nuts. But it's a, is, it, is it like one book or a series or something? It's or? a series. It's called the Black Jewel series. It's the first three. Hmm, the Black Jewel? Black Jewel. Like J-E-W-E-L-S? Yeah, and Bishop, and with an E. Sounds cool. And uh, they were really fun. I Like I said, I've been burning through them. I've gone through five of them. She's got probably oh nine or ten. Wow. And they all kind of interlink, but the first three are the beginning of the series, or the series, and then there's other either sub series or you know they're kind of standalones too. But you you kind of want to have the series behind you. Is this like fan fiction or no? It's an actual novel. Okay. So. I've been getting back to the Benjamin January series, which is interesting. It's um, he's a free black man in 1830 New York, New Orleans, and he solves mysteries. But it's mostly, you know, all about being in that place and time and what things were like and the things he has to go through while he's solving the mysteries are interesting. And, yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. I can only read a few of them at a time because uh, eventually the situations he gets in make me mad because if more people would just be willing to listen to him, he could solve the mysteries in three quarters of the time. But he's a black man, so he has to go through all these mm -hmm. uh, convolutions to get the proof and things out. And, yeah, but it's interesting. It's by a author named Barbara Hambly, and uh, she's a historian by training, so she really gets into doing all the research and stuff. Mm -hmm. and Trisha. Yeah. Anyhow, I suppose we should probably yeah. actually start talking about the fix. <laughs> yeah, that might, that might not be a bad idea, but, you know, we, we could talk about other stuff for a while. You know, it's fun. It's, it's all part of the process, right? It is, mm -hmm. it is, but you guys will want to go to sleep before too long, so we should uh. <laughs> not uh, keep you too much. Um, Fern's book. All right. Scott, you want to start us? All righty. For Friday, January 11th, this is episode 158 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey Ron, the next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? Well, let's start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Yeah. Okay, what did I miss? Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my Alphabets. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Waterpick Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar anytime soon. Really, honestly. Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Potterfic Weekly. Where the story never ends. Mm -hmm. We're starting 
Oh, well, I suppose I should do the whole intro thing. Oh, uh, yeah. And welcome back to Potific. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're, we're, the, we're the other group. We, we don't use and. We've been known to use and occasionally. <laughs> if only by accident, that's for sure. Welcome to Potific Weekly, everyone. I'm Scott. I'm Sue. I'm Trisha. And I'm Aaron. And today we're covering another group of chapters from Shifts by Fern Withy. This week we're starting with Chapter 21, Christmas Cheer, which is kind of a fun place to start. Yeah. Everybody likes Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's at number 12 Grimald Place. Mm-hmm. It seems to make everything like. better. And we spend the first several chapters with Harry and Sirius having fun and actually not looking morose for one and um, Dora tries to convince Remus to go over and play with them but he's holding back to give them time to themselves and all that sort of thing yeah all right as, as the author has a um, it's an interesting take on the Remus character where he why why he wasn't really as present in Harry's life during this period you know, that he was holding back because he felt like he didn't deserve to be or he wanted just like well, he, he Harry only needed Sirius he didn't need Remus as well and it was it was an interesting take I didn't um, I don't know I, I felt like it was a, it was a good one I always think of Remus as a martyr he martyrs himself for everything he sacrifices himself for people constantly it pisses me off but I love many yeah. <laughs> because of it. Well, yeah, you want Fern, to whack him across the back of the head, but, um, you know. Yeah. Fern, definitely agree- out of it. Yeah. Fern definitely agrees with you on that one, I think. And <laughs> this, uh, this Vic, he's, he's forever, you know, oh, I don't have enough money, oh, you know, I'm serious and Harry need to be together, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's not pathetic, but infuriating. Mm-hmm. Very infuriating. And apparently Hermione is having a great time trying to sing Frosty the Snowman to the Weasley Twins. Frosty the snowman was a jolly happy soul With a corncob pipe and a button nose And two eyes made out of coal Frosty the snowman is a fairy tale they say He was made of snow but the children know How he came to life one day And it's she's just can't get the words out because she's laughing so hard and right. uh, they want to frost his snowman hat so they can sell it yeah could you just see oh. that that would be so cool oh that's, that's how frosty came to life in the first place somebody found a weasley hat yeah really <laughs> oh it's a misuse of muggle artifact i'm sure dad won't mind <laughs> <Yeah>. oh who cares <laughs> yeah. molly says you have to sing that for arthur he'll love it <laughs> Everybody's just shaking her head. Now, if they made it out of a wizard hat, it wouldn't be a muggle artifact, though, wouldn't it? Mm. There you go. And apparently, the only reason they got her to sing it in the first place is they dared her to do it. Mm-hmm. Never, never pictured Hermione as particularly sus- uh, susceptible to dares, but uh, you know. <laughs> well, she is a Gryffindor. She is a Gryffindor. You know, that's true. That's true. That's very true. It's Christmas. She's being lenient with these things, I expect. And Ginny uh, invites Dora and Remus to go Christmas shopping with them. I think that's mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. And Dora says, we'd love to. And Molly raises her eyebrow. Ginny, I'm sure Professor Lupin has better things to do than spend the day with teenage girls. But he steps in gallant- gallantly. You were right the first time, I think. But- gallantly? Yeah. I don't know. I know what you meant, so who cares? <laughs> as long as you know what I mean, we're okay. <laughs> yes, you know, it's all about me. Yes, yes. Of course. Um, See, at least everybody else has realized that. <laughs> so most of the Weasleys and Hermione and then Remus and Tonk are going out shopping, and they sort of divide into two groups for most of the time. And he's stuck with the girls at first, and uh, he does okay, but... 
Then he switches uh, and he's with the guys the second part of the day and he's like, This is much easier. Yeah. It's a lot, yeah. They're a lot more fun. <laughs> a lot less well, dress shops this way. Yeah. And and they're they're, you know, looking for sales and, you know, thrifty nets as well, so he doesn't have to be quite so he doesn't feel like he needs to be quite so surreptitious about it. Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of money either. Ginny says that her boyfriend Michael Corner says that Harry teaches like Remus. Mm-hmm. And that makes that's Remus that's feel touched. Uh, it's cool too because that predates the the movie version where I felt like he really taught like Remus, like the the um, you know to, to down to like then, then like some of the like the I don't know like poses or something. I forget. I remember thinking it very strongly when I saw the the fifth movie that he he taught like Remus did. Yeah, I like the what was it? Oh, he he got the card again, something like that. And mm-hmm. all the other students had that, but he had the card again. It's kind of set him off part from everybody else. So, yeah, that was the one part I kind of liked. It. You're right. It's they did right in the movie kind of thing. Are you mm-hmm. saying that uh, Remus is Mr. Rogers? Yeah, in a way, he is Mr. Rogers. Okay, let's just check. <laughs> it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. Neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Mr. Rogers, is, that, is, Mr. Rogers is, is a hero here, you know. See, really? You don't mess with Mr. Rogers. Dude, Mr. Rogers is sub, right? It was me. Him and, uh, and Sesame Street. And yeah. Mr. Wizard. And, um, I, miss, I miss Mr. Wizard. Yeah, Mr. Wizard was cool. I think he's dead, too. Probably. Yeah. See, we had Sesame Street, too, but the other ones were uh, Mr. Dress Up and the Friendly Giant. No, Friendly you're missing Giant. out with Mr. Rogers, man. Oh, yeah. Our uh, museum, our kids' museum. Well, no, it was, it was OMSI. No, it was the kids' museum. The Children's Museum here actually did a Mr. Rogers wing, and we took oh. the preschool, and it was so much fun. We had a great time with it. Yeah, we um, at our children we have we have a little wing of Mr. Rogers stuff. We have the trolley and everything. I think they even have some of the Mr. Rogers neighborhood in our museum too. Wow! Um, so was he born there, or was it just filmed there? He he was born and raised here, and he filmed it here in Pittsburgh. There you go. There's your little trivia of Mr. Rogers in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there was one time they, they did uh, Will Fortune mm-hmm. here in Pittsburgh, and it was the puzzle was, will you be my neighbor? And then Mr. Rogers came out. They had to stop filming because everybody gave him a standing ovation. It was like more than five minutes long. Wow. Yeah, us Pittsburghers are crazy. Uh-huh. Well, we already knew that. Yeah, when it comes hey. to sports. Sports <laughs> everything else in between. Nobody was buying any cardigans in this one, though. Because yeah. Molly makes all the sweaters. So. Yeah, even even ones that aren't accepted by the ungrateful ingrates. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, well uh, everybody else went shopping. Harry and Sirius stayed home and did mail order shopping, which I thought was fun. And mm-hmm. I love that they shipped it all. I think they shipped it all to Bill's house, and then Bill delivered it mm-hmm. to them so that nobody was actually making deliveries to number 12. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing about the whole entire time is you, you, you're like, and there, then there was Ron looking looking in the bag what Mrs. Weasley had, because you were like, oh, this is the perfume that her, he gets Hermione. Mm-hmm. And there's other hints later on that, you you know, the, Hermione won't tell them what Ron got them or got her, and she's yeah. like keeping it to herself. And I, you know, there's so many little touches that go back to the original canon without you actually without actually rehashing it necessarily. Um, I really like yeah. that that aspect mm-hmm. of, the, of these the, of this thick end the, the follow up of course shades. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I love really I love well. reading the book at the same time, reading both books at the same time, like this one and canon. 
See, I haven't, I haven't done that. I should do that at some point because that would be. It, it is fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are lots of little character moments in this sequence too. Like before they head out shopping, Molly has a brief conversation with Remus about how Tonks is good for him, and he's still in denial. So he's going, "What? I don't know what you're talking about." I mean, student, a former student. There can never be anything between us. Never. Absolutely not. No. And he buys her a fluffy purple hat and then transfigures it into a present box before she can get over there. So she can't see what it is. That's a just a, one of those neat little touches about the magical world that works really well. And then we have Molly in in the, her winged chair with all this yarn piled around her and several pairs of knitting needles clacking away at her instructions. So, you know, I always think about her knitting one at a time. But no, she can do the whole families at once. She just sits there and orchestrates it. It's yeah, she's, yeah, she's just like a big old um, conductor. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we find out that Tonks' dad is going caroling, has a caroling group, and the, the proceeds will go to a soup kitchen. So she invites Remus to go, and uh, Remus says, no, I think I'll stay. And she says, it's okay. I think they mostly pay dad to stop singing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just quirky. I mean, there's just a little bit of little bit of quirkiness. It's just so cute. Uh-huh. Ted doesn't have the greatest singing voice, but you know. he's <laughs> poor Ted. He's enthusiastic. Why not? And, of course, George has charmed some mistletoe uh, to chase people around. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Poor Remus. <laughs> and all I can think of is the mistletoe from Shoebox that you have to kiss or you're in trouble. <laughs> At least yeah, for I can't remember that one. Nice mistletoe. Um, was it Sirius and Snape that had to kiss? Seems to me. Or was it James and Snape? One of them, they got caught underneath the mistletoe and the two guys had to kiss, as I recall. Why am I not surprised? But it was Snape. Snape and, and one of the, the, the boys. I can't remember exactly. I need to get my hands on that. Sirius would have been the funniest one. Yeah, I think it probably was Sirius. And while she's heading off for the night, she lets Remus know to leave the curtains open, which isn't their usual practice. Tonks herself opened them at some point mm-hmm. earlier. Remus isn't sure why she wants them left open, but he kind of shrugs and goes, whatever. And, you know, there are children playing outside, and there are actually some nice Christmas decorations up, so it doesn't look nearly so dingy as usual. Nice. Yeah, of course, and it becomes, the next day. It's Christmas! Yeah. Or Christmas Eve. Christmas yes. Eve. Mm-hmm. Harry and Ron There's a secreted in their rooms wrapping presents. <laughs> yeah, there's a fire in the fireplace, so it's a nice place to be in the front room. Hermione has apparently finished all her uh, journal charming. That's another canon thing that get, gets mentioned when they're looking at the charmed yep. jewelry in a shop. She says, oh, I like to do my own charming. I made some homework planners. And he was just like, hmm, yeah, they're going to appreciate those, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> they appreciate them just as much as appropriate for 14-year-old boys or 15-year-old yeah. boys that are at this point. I, I thought it was fun that the neighborhood kids are making snowless snowmen out of damp leaves. <laughs> and I'm thinking to well, myself, that well, doesn't what are you work. Do? That requires a great deal of imagination. Yeah. It does apparently fall apart a lot. Occasions some yeah. cursing. Oh, well. And Remus is doing a sketch of Sirius and Harry together. Mm, I um, think this is, this is a nice little touch that she added to Remus's personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I He's think it's kind of nice that... I think that'll be kind of, I think it's good at least one of the marauders would be able to sketch because how do you think they made marauders map? At least yeah. within marauders map, it was very detailed and pretty and stuff like that. 
And then we hear Karen. Yeah. Aww. Remus knows immediately. He tells Jimmy to head off, get serious, yeah. We find out it's Tonks and her family. Remus says, I'm going to kill her. (laughs) But he smiles, so that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's Ted's caroling group. Yeah, Yeah. and she makes, makes her mom go be more upfront. I mean, even though they can't see Grimmel plays, they can see Owl. Right. And yeah. Remus kind of like makes so the sound can come back in. The sound can be a bit better too. So yeah. it's nice. So Sirius can kind of see see his family. Even yeah. though they can't see him, he can see them. Yeah. Yeah. Truly makes his my, day. Yeah, I love that um, that scene. It's really, um, it was really cool because they talk about how they really flesh out a lot more of the relationship between Sirius and Andromeda and Tonks a lot more in this and also, of course, with Remus thrown in there. But uh, to finally get to see her after all this time, you know, he's, he's wanted to see her. It's really a, a touching moment and really pretty cool. Yeah. And Tonks there in her pigtails and I love Hermione goes out and sings with them for a little bit and it's pretty cool. Yeah. She goes out to give them money and uh, Dora makes her sing Joy to the World with them. <laughs> yeah. She scurries out the back way and comes around from the side. And the rest of them are singing along from inside the room too. Yeah. Except Ted, he's just um, shaking the jingle bells. Because Apparently he can't think. He shouldn't be singing. So. Oh well. Poor but Ted. he's having a great time. She comes in after dinner and Hugs Sirius. She says, Happy Christmas, cuz. So. Yeah, that was her Christmas present for him. Yeah. And it's a really nice evening, and everybody goes to sleep, and then in the morning, Molly is crying because Percy has sent back his sweater. Yeah. 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 Oops. That Pratt. He yeah, is a Pratt. That big me. Classic. Percy's a pile rat dropping. Yeah, I was going to say, or as George says. <laughs> <laughs> but Molly won't let him call him names. Mm hmm. We'll call it just upsets more. her more because yeah. she was really hoping he'd, you know, reconcile a little bit because it's Christmas. But she was hoping that the magic of the of the season would turn him around, and the fact that Arthur was in the, in the hospital or in hospital, then it's thought that that would bring him around, but not quite. Yeah, yeah. and then she gets further upset because she's ruining Christmas, and uh, Remus tells her it's fine, don't worry about it. You should just go out and have a good day because you deserve having a good day, not because you're worried about ruining Christmas. Yep, and it will make you feel better to see the kids having a good Christmas. So there She heads go. off to make breakfast and doesn't let him come help, so he goes That's back. Molly therapy. Yeah, yeah, cooking. Like the other Molly pic that we read a while back. And she banishes him to go open his own presents. Yes, and there's a rather large pile of them this year, which mm-hmm. he's kind of astonished by. Yeah. Yeah. Remus strikes me as one of those people who's perpetually astonished that people care that he exists. Mm-hmm. Like like that, that kind of martyrdom. <laughs> Yeah. And it's He's silly because, similar to Harry that way. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, I don't know. I wonder if uh, he. Um. Wonder what his what his real backstory is. I am. I should say what his canonical um, mm-hmm. backstory is. I wonder if we'll ever find that out in the. You might find out in Pottermore. Yeah. Once we get to the Prisoner of Azkaban, maybe. I got playing that more. I'm bad in there. I haven't been in there in a long, 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 long time. I haven't either. I'm intrigued now by the new my Hogwarts. Hmm. I still out. haven't. I haven't even been sorted yet. <laughs> I uh, has I had tried to I haven't looked been there in a while actually um if not since we're off on a tangent now uh, if, uh is that has she they have, was on like a hiatus or something for a while did that ever get resolved It's backing up and running I must confess that I haven't been in there either Dory gives Remus a set of cufflinks and a tie with smeltings on them but she also gives him a key ring with a never lost charm on it because he keeps losing the key to her flat yeah <laughs> mm. and Ginny gives him gingerbread and Hermione had charmed a journal for him yeah Hermione and her charming mm-hmm. 
I and um, I love the the little window into his head where he's like picturing her being in the dorm room and and Lavender and Pravati being there and like uh, you know wanting to write something for him too. I thought that was. I thought that was cool. Yeah, he values it. And Harry and Sirius gave him art supplies, which is so cool. Because yeah. it's not something he would ever buy for himself. Yeah. And some of the stuff's something he could never afford for himself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, extra special because of that. And the luxury. And Molly gave him a bright red, or gave him a jumper wrapped in bright red paper. That made mm-hmm. him happy, too. He easily, too. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. And he got Harry a set of books for the DA, which is really cool, which are the books from the, the story. So that looks yeah. Like- yeah. Sirius shoved some gold at him as he was going out the door and said, buy those books and mm-hmm. uh, say it's from both of us. Yeah. It's good, uh, good kind of present, you know, when you've got one person who, you know, knows what to get and one person who has the money to buy it <laughs> and doesn't know what to get. It's, it's a good thing. I've been there with my sister before when she was going to law school. She was unbelievably poor and I was working at the time. So I had to, so, but she, she knows my mother way better than I do. So she would come up with stuff and, the, and I would pay for most of it. And then that would be from both of us. So that was good. Yeah. Works pretty well. Yep. And they go to visit Arthur and there's um, some references to the scene over his stitches and such, but mm-hmm. I skip over that rather quickly because Remus is not staying in the room. Yeah, actually he goes over and talks to the person that had been made a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. this is um, uh, this is one of my favorite things from this story, actually, is the whole plot line here with uh, Edward Holmes, and, you know, in the book it's, it's basically just a, it's a throwaway line, oh, this guy was bit by a werewolf and Remus goes and talks to him, and this thick, it's like it, it goes, it's this whole story arc of, you know, the from being bitten to, you know, going through several transformations all the way till the, the conclusion of that storyline. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really very well done. And I, um, I love the line that Remus has here in a moment where he's like, my name is Remus Lupin. I've been like, like anthropic since I was six. And like, just like right up front, he's like, you know, it sounds like he's an alcoholic or something, yeah. you know, he's, yeah. he's, you know, he's very forward, you know, and, and, and straight to the point. And it's, um, <laughs> I really, I just really, really enjoy that um, that that plot line, uh, and especially that scene right there where he starts talking to Edward Holmes. Mm-hmm. And of course, Holmes starts to pull his hand away, and then he's like, "Oh wait, I'm a werewolf now too. Hmm, people are going to react to me like I've been reacting to them. And this is, you know, he's really going to have to think about this." And of course, uh, Remus is not actually counseling him because that would be illegal. He's just uh, dropping some unrelated comments that happen to be good advice. Is <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. not doing any kind of structured way, just you know, kind of in passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. and he talks to him about the wolf Spain and says that he'll be with him on the first trans transformation, so that he mm-hmm. doesn't have to be completely alone. Very nice yeah. of Remus, because mm-hmm. I tell you what, the the werewolf changing facility in St. Mungo's is not a particularly uplifting place, nice place. I'll say no. <laughs> Not very much. Hell no. Not even close. And, you know, you, you understand that they have to be careful and make sure that people are safe. But at the same time, there ought to be an easier or better way to go about this. And then we find the post-holiday letdown was quick and steep. His creatures come back and he's making Harry uncomfortable and everybody else uncomfortable. And uh, Turbo is about to leave to go back home, and so Sirius is all unhappy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the various decorations outside are kind of looking a bit drooped, and so yeah. he just closes the curtains again. And- yeah, Remus is working on his post-holiday lessons and stuff like that. So and- he tries to talk to Harry a little bit, but 
it's just not working very well. And yeah. So eventually he has to go up and find Sirius, who is sitting with Buckbeak getting drunk, and basically smack him upside the head and send him back downstairs again. Yeah, because even though he's feeling sorry for... Well, because he's feeling sorry for himself, he's making Harry feel bad, too, because he's hiding out for him. That's not the way that he needs to be doing this godfatherly business here. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. sorry, you're someone that someone that you're beating, that you're with, and stuff like that. All with all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, he doesn't want to do anything with you. Yeah, that's, that's a little bit of a slap in the face, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say. Pretty hurtful. Mm-hmm. So, and they have a, a bit of a discussion, and it ends up with Remus banishing the bottle of fire whiskey, uh, making it shatter against the window. So she's like, "All right, I guess I shouldn't be drinking." And you shouldn't be in here either. Come on, sober up, clean up, go downstairs. So yeah. he misses like, like good advice. Care of a child. Mm-hmm. He gives a good advice. He doesn't take it himself, though. No, no, he does not. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's all a oh, one-way well. street there. I know. I could give good advice too. Doesn't mean I'm going to take it. Good advice is sometimes easier to um, recognize when you're yep. giving it to others than when others give it to you. Oh, I recognize that they're going to give me a good good advice, but I don't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Understand. Yeah. Understand. And then they get ready. They get ready to go back to school. Well, they get to, on Tuesday. They Dora oh. and Remus go to a party. Yeah, oh yeah. The, Sorry. They have to the staff. get dressed up for it. And, and she, she has wants... to make her her shoulder look appropriately fifties ish because the last time they went somewhere, <laughs> they were commenting on how young her legs were because she hadn't done anything for them. They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, but you always just look like Dora to me. And she says, which Dora? And he's like, my Dora. <laughs> but they're both your Dora. Dora Tonks or Dora Lewis? And he's just like, ah, let's go. And there's lots of people there from the smelting staff. And it's held in a pub, so it's not in anybody's home. Mm-hmm. So. And there's the jukebox, which Remus doesn't recognize. But mm-hmm. fortunately, Dora can choose some era-appropriate music because her dad is obsessed. Of course and, uh, he is. Yep. He's a muggle, too, in a way. Yeah. Well, he's muggle-born. Muggle-born, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He wants to know if Dora wants to dance, and she says, maybe a slow one, because otherwise I'll trip over my feet, yep. or more likely yours. <laughs> I love that they're playing the Beatles, and it's, uh, I can, uh, you like it when when you can, you can, you can know what the music is it's playing. Mm-hmm. You can hear it in your head as you're reading. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Remus spends quite a bit of time dancing with the women, because they all think he's cute. He's so yeah. cute. Dora finally gets him for a slow song, so that's nice. Yeah. Yep. No. This is where the romance happens. Yuck. <laughs> you well, and it, it's again. Yes, this is a kissing book, Trisha. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's a kissing also- book. They have the kids. No kissing again. No fire swamp in this one, un- unfortunately. Unfortunately. Oh. Thank no. goodness. You don't like fire swamps? No, I just don't like kissing teens. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we, we move up. I know there's something wrong with me. Everybody else knows too. Well, and, and they have, uh, while, they're, while they're on the dance floor there, they have a moment. Or, uh, sorry, at midnight they have a moment and where Remus kisses Tonks perhaps a little bit longer than he should. Mm-hmm. And mm, well, she may have done that to him before. I wonder if this is the first time he'd ever done that back. Right. And yes, you can tell he's kind of trying not to think about it, but it's yeah. described interestingly in his inner monologue that he's having there. <laughs> and 
I love how he blames it on the moon. Like he blames everything on the moon. That's you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's a built-in excuse, you know. It's always the moon's fault. Yes. Always. It's, it's, that, right. it's, it's, it's his time of the month. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so our next love chapter. Oh, go ahead. So I was going to say, uh, right at the end of this chapter, there's another line that I really enjoy that I think is is very uh, is is well representative of the of the story. The the whole the whole thing where and less than a week later, the full moon rose again, and then you you cut into the interlude. And this book very much has kind of a rhythm. The whole thing kind of does where you you know there's there's this action and then there's a moon and there's action mm-hmm. and then there's a moon and the moon though is almost always this very significant you know kind of time and, and it's, the, the narrative changes slightly because of course it's no longer remus uh if there's an interlude chapter and it's it was, i really enjoyed that aspect of it because it it made it kind of have a very interesting and unique structure that the whole rhythm of that yeah every time there's an interlude chapter it's because there's a full moon because of course you can't really see anything from Remus's point of view right. while yeah. that's happening. Well, if you do, it'll be... Rah, 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 rah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, we do get a little bit at the beginning of this chapter where Remus is coming to St. Mungo's because he's promised and he talks to Edward Holmes for a little bit mm-hmm. and then the moonrise happens. And, yeah. yeah. And Edward's, you know, chained down because in St. Mungo's they chain you down and... The Wolfsbane helps, but it's not great. And Edward Holmes is hysterical. And the calming charms aren't doing anything. And so when Remus talks to him and says, you know, it's going to be okay. It's not pleasant, but it's it's all right. And he kind of calms down. And then when the change starts to happen, he looks at Remus and is just betrayed. It, it hurts. And Remus is like, yeah. <laughs> you know? What did you think it was going to be? Yeah, I mean, hello. If I was going to do the, yeah. No. No, 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 no. Kind of like breaking every bone in your body more? and then drinking Skelligro. Yeah. I mean, it's like childbirth. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. if women would, I mean, if it didn't hurt, men would do it too. Yeah. I'm not quite sure it works that way, but yeah. Would you yeah. have a baby exactly. once a month, Trisha? Mm, that's true. What? Would you be wanting to have a baby once a month? Oh, hell no. <laughs> once enough. <laughs> Yep. So, and then we move to to Tonks, and she's starting to feel more like she's Hermione and Ginny's keeper rather than their friend. And mm-hmm. she knows it's not fair, but it's kind of how she feels. So. Yeah, it seems like yeah. her problems are so much different than theirs, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I like how she doesn't doesn't feel like they're necessarily you know worse than theirs. They have to deal with you know the same kind of some of the same kind of things with the you know whole fighting a war thing. But you know, and you know, she remembers her time in school being a little bit more carefree than that. I think, mm-hmm. but you know, they don't have to worry about you know as as she says, try try the complexity of the first boy you ever kissed being a father, or trying to interpret the skittish needs of the world's most closed mouthed man. Mm-hmm. I like that, I like that description of Remus. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we find out the boys are working on their divination homework, and Hermione's like, "Yeah, they're probably just making something up." And mm-hmm. I love the Hufflepuffness of of Dora. She's like, "Why not just do the work?" <laughs> yeah, they just follow the instructions for the book. Yeah, they yeah. don't work. <laughs> well, that's true, but it's not like Trelawney marks you on whether or not your predictions happen. Yeah, Ginny's like, "Well, if it doesn't work, then why not just make it up?" <laughs> you know. But. That's too much of a headache for Tonks. She doesn't want to have to think up different things for all this. I just really mm-hmm. like how she got Tonks kind of put her mind in place. It's all rubbish anyway. My dad's here. <laughs> oh, um, uh, 
He agrees with you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Ginny's like, your dad being able to see if you're going to break rules and such, that's got to be strange. And Dora laughs. Dad says I'm totally unpredictable. Yeah. She would be. <laughs> I like this. Do you believe him or do you think he knows how your whole life is going to go and he's just not telling you? And she says, that's really disturbing, Ginny. <laughs> Don't even talk about it. Uh, always in motion is the future. Uh, they go back to just talking. And they, um, and this is there, where they, it comes up that they're not, Hermione's not saying, uh, Ron got well, Ron her. Ron got her. Got, yeah. yeah. She's going, hmm, I could find out from the twins. Well, yeah, but it's none of your business. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's so fun. <laughs> and I do like it. I don't think they ever actually mentioned what the what the present is, so you have to you have to have read the books, of course, which mm-hmm. anybody who's reading this I imagine will have read the books. I would hope so. Interesting perfume. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And the twins have gone off to visit their older brother and Jenny's uh, like, Oh, I bet they're having fun with Bill and uh, no, not that much. No. Not exactly. Not the older brother they had in mind. <laughs> they have gone to have a come to Jesus meeting with Percy. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, really... Percy saw him. Nope. Go ahead, Aaron. Yeah, I was gonna say I love how how reasonable Bill is in this this whole passageway this mm-hmm. passageway passage here, where you know they, they he's not there. So they 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 go to a bar and there's and there's Percy. And he's like, hey. You know, don't, you know, don't fight. You know, why did you think I came with you? It was to, you know, it was to stop you. You know, I can totally see Bell doing that because mm-hmm. he is the oldest. He reminds me, um, and I'm going to cross bandits. He reminds me of Rob Stark from um, the Game of Thrones series. He's, you know, he's the oldest, he's the oldest son. He's got to be, you know, he's got to be strong and he's got to be, you know, fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he can't, he, he has to keep the peace and something Bill does very well in the scene. And, I don't know that it's something we ever see in Ken, but I absolutely can can picture it. Absolutely picture it for uh, for being one of Bill's character traits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I just go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say I just love how the twi- uh how the twins, even though they give Molly a hell of a time, they're like she he made mom cry. It's kind of like I'm sticking up for mom, even though we probably give her the most hell and the most gray hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll make mom cry. It's so yeah, but. The stuff they do is all in good fun. Percy was just, that was just malicious. Right. Or was it? Yeah, well, that's what we're going to find out. Yeah. Percy the that- asked them to sit down. Of course, Fred and George are like hell. <laughs> but And as much as Bill wants to agree with them and slap Percy's face, he can't. He's the eldest, and he saw the momentary flash of hunger salvation almost in Percy's face. So he needs to go. He needs to find out what's going on. So... He sits down and Fred and George go home. Yeah. And we find out what happened. Pet Penelope left me. I love, I love Bill. Good for her. Good for her. <laughs> yep. And I thought that was another prescient moment for Fernwethy in a thick filled with ones of Penelope and Percy breaking up. Because I tell you, I've had a nickel for every time I read fan fiction where Percy and, and, you know, and Penelope, you know, stay together and they get married eventually. I would have quite a few nickels. But, you know, of course, we know that the the, cano- the canonical answer is Audrey. So, wait, uh, Audrey, Aubrey, uh, Aubrey, Aubrey. Anyway, so we know it's not Penelope, and um, you know, yet another thing um, that that Fernwithy just nails, I think, mm-hmm. um, because honestly, why would Penelope stay with Percy? He's a prat, and any anyone who's not a fool can see that. And you know, yeah, especially right now. Yeah, he needs a little <laughs> more time to grow up, I guess. Yeah, this is probably his moment, moment of maximal prattishness. 
I mean, his father's been attacked. His, you know, he said he made his mother cry. I mean, I, I can't imagine another point at which he's more of a prat than he is right now in the in the in the story. Yeah. And Bill, you know, he asks about his father, and Bill says, "Well, go see him yourself." And he says, "I tried." And apparently he's been talking about what a disappointment I am or somebody has. And the healer said I'd upset him. And when I got there, the jumper was there. And I know I shouldn't have sent it back. But yeah. I, I really felt that was kind of messed up that somebody interdicted in Percy that it was uh, that it wasn't a family member. Even it was uh, just somebody from St. Mungo's. Yeah, because we know his father would have loved to. Yeah. And because, you know, it's Christmas. It should be together for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's it's terrible that, that you know, it happened. And, of course, it had to happen the way it happened in, in this fic because it's what happened in canon. But um, it's still terrible what happens in canon. And, you know, you feel, feel bad for Percy, but, you know, he kind of, he, even with that, he could have still gone and seen him. You know, mm-hmm. he could have he could have insisted. He has that right as a, as a member, as a, as a family member. And, you know, he, but he, and he didn't have to send back the, the, the jumper. Right. He didn't have to continue burning the bridge, you know, with, he didn't have to keep lighting the bridge on fire. Well, it, but he did. Bill says, I'll go talk to him. I'm sure that he, and he says, be glad to let me grovel. And he says, yeah, I think we'd all be happy to let you grovel if your pride is the only thing that's keeping you away. And he says, well, what about a scene where I'm not groveling? And Bill says, you're the one in the wrong. You insulted dad. You've hurt mom on Christmas day. Yeah. Groveling is owed. And Percy's like, no way. And Bill says, okay, I'll have one drink with you like I said I would, and then I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Asks him to come home. The last thing. but Tells him to come home. He doesn't, he's... Yeah, he's like, he's just, just do it. And I, wrote unfortunately- this, I read this one bit. That I, I thought it was interesting. Um, they had Percy Moore as a kind of like a secret agent, but everybody had to think that Percy went against the family kind of thing. Uh-huh. I just found that, I found that to be a very interesting yeah. twist of the whole thing. I can't remember the fic, though. I've seen it a couple of times, and I want to say... There was some element. Now was it after the end? There was an element of that. Or no? What am I thinking of? Crap. I'm blank. I'm blanking right now. But I've I've read that too, and it's um it's a good way to it's a good way for people who really have a hard time of thinking of you know somebody you know abandoning their family like that. A way of redeeming his actions a little bit that you know, maybe you know he was doing stuff behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I want to say there's a moment in Year of Darkness uh, with Percy, perhaps, where he does something okay. to help help out Neville or something. Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, that sounds like something that would have been in that, like when him and when him and Hannah were uh, with were caught in the ministry. I don't know. It's been a while yeah. since I read. It's been a while since I read Year of Darkness. I know, um, but yeah. Yeah, he had it's a definitely something that we've covered because I remember reading something where mm-hmm. Percy was actually a double agent, basically. Yeah, right. or working behind the scenes kind of stuff. Yeah, it was, it was good to see a scene with Percy in this era because you don't. I don't think you actually see him in the actual like actually have a narrative scene in, in all of Order of the Phoenix with him actually in the room. Uh, you don't have one until the six, until I think it's Christmas in book six, where he comes with the minister. Right. Like you, you go like an entire year and a half, essentially in, in the canon, in, in the canon books without actually seeing Percy in person, in person, I'm using air quotes here. Right. Uh, <laughs> you, don't, you don't actually get a scene with Percy in it, I guess you could say. Um, and it's, so it's interesting to see something in that, in that time, that missing, that missing time frame. I think he might be with them again later when, uh, and Dumbledore gets sacked. 
and then oh yeah, that's right. It is right. Never mind. Yeah, he is in that scene. I'm stupid. But he doesn't have any speaking parts, pretty much. Yeah. Interesting note. I had I hadn't read that. I hadn't actually read Order of the Phoenix in a while, and I had I don't know if I had forgotten or what the deal was, but the he leaves the room. He's not in the room when Dumbledore escapes. It's really weird. I had I had I don't know why that had left my mind or why I even focused on that. But when I was reading, and I was like, damn, he he wasn't in there. Like, but then I think. Yeah, no, he, he had he, to go get. He had to go get something. Yeah, he had to. Um, he had to go get an order for uh, something or other. I, I forget exactly. But um, yeah, he's gone. And and then I remember later there's like um, one of the. And I think what, the reason why it, I, I had forgotten this is because I think later on they make reference to him having been in the room, like somebody like talking about it um, as a as a rumor, like says that you know he got Dumbledore fought past you know two hours the Minister for Magic and the Minister's you know aide, and and Umbridge. And you know that it was like their their mistake, but for some reason that version of events stuck in my my brain, and so it was like a real shock when I was like, oh, he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And add Kelly to us here. Excellent. Hopefully, we'll all still be able to hear. Mm-hmm. Always good. Hello. Hello. There you are. Hello, Thanks. Kelly. Aaron, long time no talk to. Yeah, I've been I've been busy. Yeah, I've been busy too. So we're currently in the. Basically, the middle of chapter twenty-two. We're about to Thank you. go to Dudley's point of view. Is this is this the Dudley point of view um, chapter or a uh, section? Yes. Yeah, where he's yeah. in an mm-hmm. anonymous hospital corridor. Yeah. Yeah. I had I I couldn't remember if it was or not. And it's interesting being inside Dudley's head for a moment. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. It's not as dumb as you think. It, it is kind of. But then you get. And and it's kind of it's it's kind of scary though too because you can see what I mean you can see some level of Petunia and Vernon in him but the thing is because he's not with them twenty four seven and he's at a different school he kind of he develops his own he's developing his own personality his um parents are not they're not to uh, influence as much. Definitely a person. <gasps> I know. <laughs> scary. <clears throat> it is. And so we have him Sorry, are you in down? this anonymous hospital corridor, and his hands are shaking, his heart's racing, because he had this brilliant idea. He was going to go see Mr. Levinson and prove that he's not the catalyst. He's not the one that causes him to be sick. And, of course, he is. And, of course, he did get sick. And now they're all at the hospital. Yeah. And, you know, he's just like, bloody Harry. None of these people would have come near me if it wasn't for him. And now Mr. Levinson would be closed off in a room with a great plastic tent around him while doctors made ridiculous guesses about what's wrong with him. And he knows that they're not going to figure it out because he knows it has to do with magic. And he doesn't, you know, Mm -hmm. he can't tell them that. So he doesn't know what to do either. Yeah. And the really weird thing, the thing that is really bugging him is that Remus told him the truth. Right. So he really wasn't lying to him about everything. Right. He had set up this meeting so he could uh, go talk to him and say, ha you were wrong. And now he has to realize he actually was telling him the truth. And yeah, not good. He's kind of, uh, he tried to eavesdrop on what the doctor said, but he couldn't hear. And he could tell that, you know, she was relieved at whatever the doctor said. Um, it wasn't, it definitely right. wasn't grief, so that made him feel better. And yeah, he's she, not dying. She goes into the right room now. and he gets a train back to Surrey. Of course, he's told mm-hmm. his parents that he and Piers were going into the city to have tea at a home of a friend. 
But, you know, Dudley's pretty adept at telling that particular lie. Mm -hmm. And Petunia has not reconciled herself to his diet at all. (laughs) She just makes the same things, and uh, Dudley doesn't eat half of it, and his dad eats it all instead. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Everybody is happy. Yeah, and she's come up to his room afterwards to find out more about Remus. That fellow of Dumbledore's, he hasn't done anything to you, has he? (laughs) No. (laughs) You never know about those wizards. They try to talk, but of course, Dudley's mind is elsewhere and not really paying any attention to her. So, and he told Lewis that he'd be back to talk to him, and now he's going to have to go and talk to him about this. Mm -hmm. Tell him what's going on. Now we have Sirius. Yep. Another scene change. And he's he's looking through the attic, and apparently. His mother, I love this. This is a great little invention that Fern has. The, the storage charm. The storage charm. It just kind of makes this great yeah. little thing, and you tap it, and everything pops back out. I could use a few of those. I'll tell you, Fern, Fern does a very good job of inventing magic. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was uh, thinking of some other stuff later on, and the, um, what is it, uh, the, the unso. <laughs> <laughs> the unso charm that uh, Tonks uses later. Pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But believable stuff. Stuff that you can imagine exists in J.K. Rowling's world. And that's not always easy to do. Some some fan fiction that's like bizarre, you know, rituals <laughs> and crazy stuff. You, do you yeah. remember, I don't know if you uh, ever, uh, there was a story that I read that Harry was had a trunk that he made and it was like, think of an RV inside of a trunk. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it and was a whole apartment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Gives a new meaning of living out of your luggage. I mean Yeah, he, he <laughs> had a that. he had a three room house in there. He'd just go in there whenever he yeah. wanted. He had a shower and a room and food and yeah. It was great. I can't remember that fic, but I remember that. <laughs> I think I do remember I something like that. Invited the girls back into it, and yeah, mm-hmm. there's something like that in the methods yeah. of personality. He's got a trunk with a with a room in it. It's crazy. Like, why would you ever leave? You've got your, everything you need down there. <laughs> right. We all thought Moody was in this trunk in this terrible thing, but maybe he had a great time while he was locked in the trunk. Who knows? No, I'm kidding. Uh, his was a dungeon, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining, though, somebody, whether it's Harry or not, you know, living in their trunk for a week, and they get out, and somebody has taken it and mailed it somewhere completely different. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, yeah. look, I'm not at Hogwarts anymore. Oh, dear. How did I get to Hawaii? Wait a minute. It's be fun. So. I wonder if you'd notice if you were inside the trunk and somebody was carrying it around. How do you think? If you got etiquette beat around like that, you're going to have moved on you. Yeah. It's kind of like her. Well, you know, they could have spells compensating for that. That's true. I Maybe her money need some kind of swiping charm or something. Maybe. Could be. So we have I do post- like some of the stuff here he has in his attic though. They okay. have like, they have all the, the old portraits that are too shabby to hang downstairs and one of them's old enough he only speaks in French. And of course the blacks would have something like that. Mm-hmm. You know. Well isn't their motto in French? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tours pure pure yeah, tour. like that. Thank you. I don't speak French. Sorry. <laughs> Neither do I. He's grumbling to himself. Yes. Sorry, Kelly, go ahead. No, no, I'm just kibitzing. He's grumbling to himself. <laughs> you know, where did you put it? Why did you make it? And creature's like, Master should not speak to himself. People will talk. <laughs> Creature is here to help Master. <laughs> He's just like, go away. <laughs> So, tell me what mm-hmm. Mom did with my things after I ran away. Oh, Creature knows. Creature knows. And Creature can bloody well tell 
and yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. a small creature wants to be here to see this. <laughs> and it's uh, cast iron doorstep of a woman. It's a traitor <laughs> to him. He's like, no wonder creature was mm-hmm. so beautiful. Yeah, with a knife. There's another in her thirties with a knife sticking out of her back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy. But he goes through a bunch of his things and finally finds the mirrors at the bottom. Unbroken this time, which is good. But there's a picture of James, mm-hmm. Remus, and Peter from Diagon Alley. He says, oh, pity Peter I'm was surprised. In I'm surprised that was uh, not burned. Mm-hmm. Well, he ran away from the house before they knew Peter was a traitor. So this is all the stuff he left behind. Right. Oh. He's got some essays from school and different things yeah. like that. So I'm surprised that, and I'm surprised that Mommy's laughing at them. Did who's mm-hmm. laughing? True. She's surprised that um, Mrs. Black kept his things. Yeah. Yeah. But apparently the blacks are hoarders, so. You never know when you might need it. Anybody that's so obsessed huh? with their own history is going to have, going to keep everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then we jump to Mrs. Pettigrew, who's arranging her cur- curls, getting ready to go to bed. Mm-hmm. And an owl flies in, pecks at her arm, and drops an envelope and flies away. And <laughs> when she opens it, she finds ancient hair and, oh, no, that was the last time. She finds mm-hmm. a ticket yeah. from the Hogwarts Express dating back to the mid-70s when her poor Peter had done school. And there's a red lightning bolt on the, and the entire ticket has been overlaid with dark black X. And there's a note that says, give this and to of course, Go ahead, Kelly. She, of course, thinks it's serious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, give this to Lupin. She sounds like she'd get along with Petunia. Oh, I she think so. She doesn't like well, Petunia would have a conniption because, you know, she's a witch. But yes, I agree. Although I don't see a lot of Dudley and Peter. P- Dudley is the total opposite of Peter because Dudley is fawned upon and given everything he wants and everything's got to be, Duddy, you know, Dudley Kins. Is, and, and Peter is the opposite. Um, he was neglected. He was ignored. Um, you know, so, I mean, the, the facade that we see right now with Mrs. Pettigrew, yes, I can see that being very much a mirror to Petunia. But early, but as they were growing up as a, as a child, no, opposite side of the coin. Right. And yes, it's mixing my metaphors. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, well. Yeah. Yeah. In that, she's more similar to uh, Mrs. Longbottom, except that you get the sense that she's very self-involved, whereas Augusta just doesn't know what to do with kids mm-hmm. or something like that, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. to some extent, uh, young Peter and Evil turned out quite similarly, but they went in completely different directions. Mm-hmm. And of course, she thinks it's from Sirius, and she can't understand why he won't leave her alone. But she does uh, go finally fetch her owl and send it off with the letter, or with the thing, telling her, telling the owl to go find Remus. And then she sits it down in her chair and looks up at the picture of her poor lost son, who apparently never had pictures in the house when he was actually around. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He got more interesting while he was dead. Yeah, he did. And in chapter 23, we're back to Remus. I feel so bad. You feel bad for who? A trick of the fart. I feel bad for Peter. He's an ass, but he's not so bad for him. In this. Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. A trick of the firelight. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
And Remus is not feeling so good because he's just spent a night chained up in a dungeon. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just didn't work very well, and he's strained all his muscles and things trying to get out of the chains. Yeah, he's got a... And he also manages to cut his lip. He's transforming back. Yeah, his elbow's all wrenched. Yeah, ouch. Now he's covered in blood. (laughs) And and we know know that there's um, different... There's an inferior mixture of Polyjuice potions for months. Mm-hmm. Like you, I guess there's, mm-hmm. I guess there's the the right way and the shoddy way of yeah. potions, and you can tell the difference. Well, if you think about it, you know, think about you've got the people who know how to make it and the people who don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And poor Edward did not have a good night. He's bathed in sweat. He's got cuts all over him. The chains have, uh, you know, really dug into him drawn blood. deep. And there's one that's uh, pinching him in a particularly uncomfortable place, which doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No, he's got, um, well, his hospital gown is shredded. And uh, when Andromeda tries to come down the stairs, he's like, ah, ah. And, mm. uh, she has to give him a blanket. He, yeah, it's she, kind of ironic because, you know, he shudders because he doesn't want her to see him. And so she immediately runs over to him because he's in distress. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. whoops. Yeah, she turns to Remus and sees the arm, and he says, chains, and she vanishes them and moves around the room while uh, Remus repairs the damage to his elbow. So mm-hmm. uh, She finds out that he came for, for help, so he can, and, and he's like, I am not counseling. Yeah, <laughs> she tells him Cattle, you know. that there's an owl upstairs for him. She says she needs to look over Mr. Holmes more fully and to wait for her upstairs. So Remus heads upstairs, and I'm sure poor Mr. Holmes is uh, trying to keep his modesty there. Because Jolman yeah. says, yeah. I'm a like healer. It. I've seen it all before. Don't worry about it. <laughs> well, it's like any hospital. If you're in any kind of any kind of stay in a hospital, like a night or something like that, you just you lose your dignity. You do. It's a horrible thing, but you do. Yep. Nobody has yet made stylish hospital gowns. <laughs> nope. Not so much. No. So Remus goes up and gets his owl from the haughty apprentice, and um, it's this message from Mrs. Pettigrew, and so it, he immediately has to go. And he goes back to Grimple's place, and they're like, why is she sending you this? Why is she so stupid? Yeah, why would I send Why the hell would I send <laughs> so, well, you know. He knows that Harry won't be on the Hogwarts Express, and Remus is like, yeah, I picked that up, but the question is, why is Peter telling us? And uh, I love Sirius. Tell me that you're not even bothering to imagine what I know perfectly well you're thinking. He says, a man who turned once might turn again. (laughs) No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. Now you should tell that to Dumbledore. Apparently he's going to lock Harry in a room alone with Snape. (sighs) Yeah. Joy. I never felt like that was Dumbledore's best plan. No. Yeah. Yeah. That that one wasn't all fully thought through. You get the impression oh, all the, you know. Um, you know. Ah. Oh, I hate these things. I was under. I I, I, I was always under. Go oh. go. I was always under the impression that I don't think that Dumbledore actually grasped the amount of hatred that Snape had toward him. I really don't think that he really understood how much he hated him, really, and how little he, was he would do. That's right. He was always still around Dumbledore. And, and that's why, you know, when you, when you you tell somebody, I, I always thought this when, when he started the, um, 
when he started the the uh, Legilimens and the Occlumency training, Snape never explained anything to him. He just said, "Close your mind." Mm-hmm. It's like how right. you you have to you have to instruct, be a teacher, instruct somebody how you know. Snape's it's just we'll do it, and anything. you obviously nothing. I mean, it was like he right he reminded me of my of one of my instructors in college. I had an instructor in college when I was a freshman who didn't want to teach the class that he was teaching. And so he basically flunked most of the class. You know, it's a five-hour course. That's uh, quite a large amount of my semester, (laughs) okay? Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. he didn't want to teach, so he wouldn't explain anything. He expected you, he expected the students to read ahead in the book, to understand what he was going to do, and just follow along. And if we tried to ask him a question, we obviously didn't do the homework or we obviously didn't read ahead. He wouldn't explain anything. And it was like, this is a useless class, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what Snape did to Harry. Right. Yeah. If you want to be charitable to Snape, um, I've seen it done where, um, you know, he's just so good at these things. He doesn't get people not understanding how to do stuff. So, like, he, in his childhood, he naturally learned how to clear his mind or whatever, so he just does it. He's so good at potions that he can just, he does it anyway, so he doesn't see how not, how putting the recipe up isn't enough, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. But, he should but be he's teaching at university other... level, and he isn't. But, but he, also needs, he also needs to understand that there are things that he can't do. And what is it? If he can't do charms, then charms are useless? Mm-hmm. What's the use of doing them? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like yeah. it's, it's just like somebody who who can play chess who who doesn't understand anything else and everything else is beneath him. It's like no, he's got a the rest of your life is around chess. Sorry, it's it's just not. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna play it's devil's the end all and all. Get here. Okay, sorry. I I'm thinking many ways. Dumbledore didn't have anybody else other than himself that knew how to do awkwardly. So it was pretty much, mm-hmm. it was Snape or nothing. Right. Yeah, but he had that, other people in the order who could have helped. Well, we didn't really know that. We don't know if um, Sirius or or um, Remus could do it. We don't know. The only thing that we know is that Snape was able to do it. And that is it. He yeah. is the only, he, he's the only one that is a true, du- not double, he's the only one that's true, a secret agent. Other than, mm-hmm. that we know, that we know that, um, Voldemort is able to do it. And that's how. But but wouldn't you? Snape is on, is but able wouldn't to you? Wouldn't you have training like that if you were an orc? Does it seem like maybe it's hard to have or, it? or or people just don't? It's supposed to be some sort of rare discipline. So maybe it just doesn't come up. I'm not sure. Oh, it maybe might be it kind would of like a one. I can see it. all orcs know how to do a wandless magic? Yeah, yeah. Sure I can see it being something like that, where you know the nearest other Auckland's teacher who isn't Voldemort is in Vietnam or something, and right? Not but going I get just, in there. But at the same time, if he's the only person who can teach him, don't you think Dumbledore would go to Snape and go, "How's Harry doing on these things?" And Snape's going to go, "Oh, he sucks." Well, isn't mm-hmm. Dumbledore going to say, "Why does he suck?" <laughs> You know, there was no follow-up at all. He just kind of said, here you go, have fun, don't Uh-oh. don't hurt him, don't bruise him too much because we need him later, you know. <laughs> oh, you know what, you know who we have to bitch about? It's Rowling's fault. And this is one of the things that fell through. It's so, who's? It's her fault. It's Rowling. Rowling's fault. Yeah, it's oh. all her fault. Oh, well. There you go. 
Back to I, the thing we're actually I have to apologize. supposed to be covering. Yeah. Go ahead, Kelly. Most of my most of the audio that I'm getting is very chopped up. So I have to apologize if I I have to stop and think about what you're saying because it it's it, 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 yeah. <laughs> good approximation. Yeah, it seems mm-hmm. that if we get five people on the line, we just lose it. Is it does it sound like that for everybody? Um, some people have been pretty choppy. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. It's you sound like that occasionally, Kelly. Yeah. Trisha just did, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help that I sound like a man right now, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, you've been coughing quite a bit tonight. Yeah, sorry. You're doing a good job of hiding it, but I have heard it a few times. I'm draining. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get manlier manlier as the podcast goes on. Ooh. How much more time do we have with you? Time for a master fic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in all honesty. <laughs> about an, about okay. another hour. Okay, we better get moving then. Okay. So, yep. uh, serious. They know. really can't know what this ticket is for, and yeah, they don't really know what to do. And Remus decided that somebody should, um, should talk to Snape about where is Peter in the scheme of things? How much would he actually know? But he's not there when Snape shows up, and uh, Sirius and Snape get in a screaming match, and that just it never happens. And uh, Dora says she doesn't know what they're doing. She says she's having breakfast. It's her second breakfast because she's already had a book club meeting breakfast with the women from the school, and now she's saying, you know, we we know they're planning something. Bill's watching the vaults at Gringotts, the Malfoys the McNairs and so on, and the money's going out of them so quickly that the goblins are complaining. Last moon, they rounded up more werewolves, and so they're... Madame Maxime thinks there's been giants seen in Britain, and uh, Prima says, "Mm, if it was a muggle sighting, it could have just been hammered, because, you know, Mm -hmm. they don't really know how big giants are. Yeah, but still, something's going on. And, you know, what else could Voldemort be after? And who knows... Let's see. The, decide the, to the let Snape alone giants for a while. in the Highlands. He does need to learn. Mm-hmm. The giants in the Highlands are what? The, the giants in the Highlands is probably Grawl. Maybe. Could be. Although he's not supposed to be anywhere. Buckles could see him. But yeah, but he's got to get to the Forbidden Forest, too. Mm-hmm. That's true. No, right, it's not yeah. like you can actually yeah. put him on a broom. When did Hagrid get back? <laughs> um, after when the holiday. Hagrid back? Was it after? Yeah, okay. so. So Dora says that I'm trying she's... to imagine a Hagrid-sized broom, you know, take an entire sapling and <laughs> make it broom. Oh, dear. Imagine the end of it would be the size of a Christmas from a redwood tree. tree. <laughs> it would have to be Crazy. a redwood. From the Can you imagine forest. that flying across the sky? Gee, I wonder what that is. <laughs> it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Hagrid. Wait. Hagrid. <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm imagining wearing a red cape. <laughs> anyway, so they're, they're getting... still talking things around, mm-hmm. and then Harry and Ron come in, and they have to stop. And Harry immediately looks suspicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're keeping this from going again. I like this because this is—I mean, Dora's wearing her Dora um, Lewis um, disguise, and this is the great. Wait, Tweety woman that Harry says in the book. Sorry. I just love how that all kind of comes in together. It's just like, yay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, this is work. This is how she got the Tweety walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we have the night bus and 
you know, welcome to Damn. the, hey, it's Aries, and you don't say a word. <laughs> okay, so they have to split it's up. Neville. Right, it's Neville Longbottom, yes. Yes, it's Neville. Mm-hmm. And poor Remus is, Ginny says, I, I have to go sit with Ginny and the twins. Yeah, I bet you'd rather be sitting with Harry. And Miss is like, uh, it's okay, we'll talk. And the twins talk about yeah. their business, and... Dora showed them the dolls that Remus, Sirius, and Peter had charmed when she was small, and so they are wanting to do something like that. So he promises to think about it. I really like the silk, the silk top hat idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The real Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> they, of course, get there much quicker than they think well and get sent off to the grounds where they'll be safe. And mm-hmm. Ginny's looking like she wants to hug him, but she ends up just shaking his hand. It does make Ginny look like she's got a crush on him. This story. Hmm. Hello. Maybe. Interesting. And I. Or maybe she. Think that's true. It could all. I think it all could also be the awkwardness of what happens sometimes when you have a teacher who then becomes who you then you then know in another circumstance. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't always know exactly what to do with that person. I know I've had, uh, had you don't, you know, you don't, <laughs> you, you, you don't like, give a professor hey, love, you, mom. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's, it's just, and you know, and she's got, she was close. I've, I've, you know, I, I enjoy, um, the, the idea that, um, and I've read this, I don't remember where I read it, but that Ginny and, and Lupin were close because it was the year after the chamber and, you know, she, and he helped her out, you know, with whatever, um, you know, coming out of her shell or whatever, or, or getting back into the swing of school again. And I like that idea that maybe they had a closer relationship because of all that stuff. But I don't know if that's really um, necessary here. Um, I don't think I don't know it's implied in this this story. But no, I, I can see lie, you know really. in in this in that you know it is it is difficult when you when that when a relationship changes like that it doesn't have to be a teacher it could be um, you know some other some other person you've you've met in a professional setting mm-hmm. um, you know that you that you then have um, uh, an example that I could give is that my um, <laughs> Uh, my pediatrician, when I was a kid, uh, his his daughter and I became friends years later, and so I've you know I've I had you know met him and other stuff. It's kind of awkward, you know. Is is a guy who you know did medical examinations on you when you were a child, yeah. <laughs> and you're meeting him in, in other you know social situations. It's, it's a little, there's a little bit of awkwardness there, but um, you know, and you know, and I, I I see it, you know, that that it's you know you don't know what to do. You don't know do you you know you've been you've been close. Do you give him a hug? Do you, you have other people hugs. Why not your teacher? But he's not your teacher anymore. It's it's weird. So mm-hmm. yeah, I can make perfect sense. I don't I don't I don't think it necessarily implies a crush. Although, you know, if you're if you're looking for that kind of thing, I guess you can find it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was really think that, uh, I, that's what that's what fan fiction's all about, right? Yep. I think a big part of it too is she understands the isolation mm-hmm. because she had to go through it as well, and she had to work her way through that. So I think they understand each other and, you know, she, and she is a very huggy person anyway. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of got the impression when I was reading it that she was going to hug him and he kind of gave her a look. And so she's backed off because mm-hmm. he's more standoffish than that. Yeah. But, you know, she's been yeah. writing him letters when they first arrived at Grimmauld Place. She bounced up and was all excited to see him and gave him a hug and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't just this scene. It's kind of been building. Um, and I, I don't think it's more. I'm just going to say it's her personality. True. Yeah. 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 I don't I don't see this as I, I don't see this as a romantic interest at all. This is a purely platonic 
you know, friend of the family really kind of thing. To see you. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's kind of more, I would say it's more like a, maybe like an older brother, younger sister kind of relationship. Oh, she needs yeah. older, like older a father daughter. <laughs> well, I mean, or right. more like a, but the one that's not red hair and just overprotective <laughs> kind of thing. So they right. they get the kids off to school and they're looking at each other going, okay, uh, what happened? Because nothing was tried. Do you think they're going to attack the Hogwarts Express? What do you think is going to happen? And, you know, talked about it at work. I don't know why Mad-Eye bothers pretending he's retired, because we know he's not. So. And let's hope that there's nothing, that he's not going to do anything. And they... I think you'll spend a nice afternoon in Hogsmeade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. An interesting afternoon in Hogsmeade. Yep. Yeah. Got to go to the seamstress. I don't understand why she goes to the seamstress when she can just adjust her body. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but well, sometimes she that's, don't. that's not what she's originally going there for. She's getting robes no. for the birthing party, but mm-hmm. she just has her adru- adjust the dress, too, because she already morphed back, and she's like, oh, yeah, probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> yeah, but she was, you know, I want to spend some time with you just as myself, sort of thing, so yeah. that's why. And he says, um, can I find something else to do while you go shopping? And she she says, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> Very understanding of Tongs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She wants to just have lunch with him out and about and not in costume. Isn't that a mad idea? And he says, barking, as the children would put it. So they decide to do it. And of course, she says, it's our first date. Well, without the best benefit of costuming. And he said, you told me that when I took you out for ice cream when you were eight. <laughs> She says, he always puts a little, he puts that little nudge in there. He's like, yes, I know you, you're little kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what he's preoccupied with. Right. He can't be having feelings. She's a child. Right. He's too old for her. Mm, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Keep trying. <laughs> the idea of a birthing party I thought was very interesting. And of course, it gets more into that later, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> they have like it's like a full like another wedding like they have special robes for it and there's all this ceremonial stuff involved. It's very it's a very interesting. I wonder where Fern uh, came up with that. If it had been something else or something in real life or totally original. Kind of like the uh, the fairy godparents from fairy tales. Everyone gives a gift mm-hmm. except it's rather than being a literal spell that they cast on the baby, it's just something they're expected to teach them throughout their life. And uh, one of Tonks's was apparently Gilderoy, which is kind of fun. <laughs> he says, yeah, apparently he'll sign anything if it stands still. How does it look? That was an interesting, was there an interesting idea that, that Ted and... I'm sorry, what? Uh, uh, it's an interesting idea that Ted and, uh, and, and Gilderoy were, were friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't don't ever think of of Gilderoy really having friends, but uh, you yeah, know, there you go. Was, was, oh, you know, I just see that as being Ted following Gilderoy around and fixing things that he that he kind of willy nilly leaves, <laughs> you know, scattered in his wake. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Wonder if that means Gilderoy's just, on the whole bus in this unit. I just love. She's like. Yeah, I can't believe this. Gilderoy Rockford signed her birthing paper scroll or whatever, birthing paper. And he goes, according to Harry, Walker will sign anything. Yeah. What were you saying, Scott? Oops, and we lost him.
Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> like the metal I, days. I, I like the idea. It's kind of like, um, what they are doing the um, ceremony thing. It's kind of like you're supposed to give a gift, teach them how to do something, and it's just kind of interest. It's just kind of interesting. It's kind of almost like a um, Godfather thing, but it's different people. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, I guess that would be good at at making sure that they knew how to, you know, wash dishes with magic and and you know, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what ne- what they did. <laughs> Neville's uncle tossing him out the window. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> promise I'd him. make him to fly. Wee! Yeah, <laughs> I dropped him and I bounced all the way down the street. Yeah. So he's not going to go in with her, so he's got an hour, and he's going to meet her for lunch in an hour, and he doesn't know what to do. He could shop, or he could eat, but he can't really do both, and he's got friends, and, oh, what should I do, what should I do? And he gets out the sketch pad and art supplies, and sits yep. down and actually draws the Whomping Willow from memory, which is really neat. And yeah, I've seen it so many times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, partly from perspective. And then he starts drawing Dora's transformation from the road with her skirt dragging in the snow and the shoulders of her coat dwarfing her real shoulders and stuff like that. He puts an impervious charm on it so that the icicles that are mounting above him don't damage the paper. But then he can't write on it anymore either. Mm-hmm. So. It really isn't quite coming out right, but he just decides to start a different thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oh, he draw, draws a little bit of the village, but it doesn't really work very well. Yeah. So he decides he's going to go in. Dang it. I hate it when we lose him in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> uh, I love, uh, this is probably yeah, my there's favorite. there's a couple over by this the window. This is my favorite part. Wait a minute. Yeah. Scott, we lost you halfway through your sentence. Yeah, I picked you up while you were still talking, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I saying then? He goes has a beer. Yeah, well, he's going into the three broomsticks, and he looks around, and there isn't really a lot that's kind of interesting to him. You know, there's a couple sitting at a table over there, and uh, doesn't really seem good stuff to sketch. And then he notices there's a pretty woman sitting across the room by the fire, and she's kind of shaded interestingly because of the firelight and all of that. So he decides to start sketching her and hope she doesn't notice. And... Uh, then she looks up and says, Watch her, Remus. <laughs> You're early. <laughs> He's like, Oh, uh, <laughs> boy, is my face red. Yeah. Uh, that was the, that was the, ga, 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 reflex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, darn. He's going to quick hide his picture. Yeah. No, Dora. Uh, incredibly important moment, of course. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a happy moment. Yeah. Well, yeah. if you want to go squeeing and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Which we never <know. laughs> We would never um, anybody do that, would. would we, Trisha? No, no, never. No. Never. Vomit and all that other stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what I love. It's not over the top like sugar. Thank mm-hmm. God. That's what I like. It's it's yeah. it's a little sweet, but it's not going to make me sick. It's a, well, it's, a sim- it's an incredibly simple moment where you just you see somebody in a different light, or we don't we don't expect it, and mm-hmm. you know it changes things. And it for Remus, it changes everything really. Right. Yeah. He wants to know if she's morphed, and she says why, and he says because I didn't recognize you for a minute. And she says, "Are you the same man that said that I always look like the same like Dora to you, no matter which way I was morphed?" And and she says, "Honestly, Remus, how long have we known each other?" And they start reminiscing. 
Yeah. He says, well, uh, your mom brought you to the platform the year you were born, and we passed you around. It was neat holding a baby. And he's like, that wasn't quite what you were talking about, was it? Um, no. No, really. It was kind of a rhetorical question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But she wants to know if he gave her a charm, because they snuck out to the roofing party. And, uh, you know, I'd never held a baby before. It was nice. <laughs> and I liked being better at it than James was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You get the sense that maybe Remus wasn't very wasn't as good as many James was. That didn't happen very often, I guess. As you, right. you should say, mm-hmm. James, James. In some ways, it always seems like James had the charmed life. He had the the good parents. I mean, he wasn't the best looking, like serious, but he was. He was popular, and he he was the Quidditch star and everything else. So he had more of a charm preppy life kind of thing. I, I got the impression though that. One of the things that, you know, it says that I was better at holding a baby than James was. James' parents were older. So all of their friends would have had children who were far older than James was. Right. So, yeah. you know, and the black family didn't have, the, you had Regulus, but he was only a year or two younger than Sirius was. And mm-hmm. even though they were pure blood, as the Potters were, it, it, they didn't associate. Right. Mm. I kind of think James's life would have been just a little bit like Dudley's, except that the Potters were better at it, if that makes any sense. They were probably a little more balanced, but, you know, he was their only son, and they weren't expecting to have a child, and so he got a little spoiled. Mm-hmm. And he got the expensive presents and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but he also got, I mean, he might have been spoiled and stuff like that, but I don't think they put up with no, and I don't think they put up with, pitching a fit and, and things like that. He might have got the expensive presents and he might have got doted on, but I don't think he got spoiled rot like Dudley was. Mm-hmm. Kind of a cross the, between Dudley's life and now. Neville's life, which seems weird, but mm-hmm. yeah. So they have lunch. He, she sees the sketchbook, but he uh, he doesn't share with her. Yeah, he, he kind of brushes it off yeah. at first. Yeah, a bit of this, a bit of that, you know, just kind of what I was looking at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he thinks to himself, her parents would kill me if they knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah. And so they Shall we order lunch? Start reminiscing. And, Do you remember the time that you went caroling with us when I was ten, and Dad insisted on doing a solo? <laughs> Someone needs to tell your father he can't carry a tune. <laughs> but, you know, leaky cauldron. <laughs> they were invited into a muggle lady's house, and Dora wanted to go examine her stone. Dang it. <laughs> Dora wanted to examine something. The stove. Yeah. This stove. Say stove, Scott. Stove. And Dora wanted to go examine her stove because it was so neat and had to be dragged away. Mm-hmm. Don't I they keep call that a cooker? Huh? What? Don't they call Don't they call that a cooker, or is that something totally different? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. We'd have to ask. Uh, People who are actually from the British Isles. And here we have a, a almost reality checks part here for Remus, because Dora wants to know if they can have another round, and he says, well, we've got time, but I should check. And she looks away while he checks his money, make sure he has enough. Yeah. He knocks then, his sketchbook off the table with his elbow. Mm-hmm. The fool. And, yeah, she picks it up and says, these are nice, looking at the, bo- the Whomping Willow and stuff, and then she finds the picture mm-hmm. of her. Yeah. What a cute him. child. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. You look at me and all you see is a little girl. The little girl from Sweet Little Dora, the baby from King's Cross. 
And he says, keep going. Look at the next page. And she yeah. says, Queen moment. beautiful here. <laughs> and he says, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to look at you that way. You must think I'm a filthy old man. And she's like, yeah, you're ancient. And I'm dead offended that you think I'm beautiful. And she yeah. says, you know, he says, you know what I mean? And she says, no, no, I don't. Well, yeah. And the thing that really offends her is just that the only time he would draw her that way is when he doesn't know who she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you see me as a little girl, you love me. And I know that. I can see it when you draw. And I just know it. I've always known it. But when you see me as a woman, I'm a stranger. Just something pretty to draw. But this is me, Remus. And you don't love me at all like this, do you? You don't even know me like this. So this wonderful... Get him! What was that, Trisha? I was going to say, get him, Dora! Get him! Get him, Dora! (laughs) (laughs) And he's just feeling awkward and really wished he'd take the night bus home. (laughs) She apologizes. Yeah. She says, if you want, I can always be little Dora again. I can always need <laughs> She's, no. <laughs> Don't do this. Oh, I didn't oh, think that. Yikes. <laughs> I already feel like a dirty old yeah. man. Don't go any younger. <laughs> no, no, no. Huh? Yeah, she can really do that. I just bend my knees when I'm talking to people who haven't seen me in years. <sighs> huh. Oh, well. And on to chapter 24. 24. This one's called Escape, which sounds dramatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But it starts with uh, Remus having naughty dreams about Dora. Uh-oh. Oh. Well. That was pretty half-hearted, Trisha. You've got to do that again. <laughs> I took effort. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Trisha. I can't do it. She's half asleep. <laughs> She's like, yeah, uh, my chicken mama. Then <laughs> 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 he goes, wow, down, he goes downstairs and <laughs> Sirius is like, so did you kiss her? He's like, what, what? He's like, did you kiss her? Dora, did you kiss her? No. Come close, maybe? No. Where are you getting this from? You went off to Hogwarts normal and spent an afternoon with Dora, and you came back with that guilty, skittish look you always get when you have a mad crush on somebody. Remus turns bright red. (laughs) (laughs) I'm an adult, not a spotty teenager, prone to crushes. Sirius is like, you know I'm going to get it out of you, right? You might as well just tell me. (laughs) Yeah. He does. And he does. And he tells her about, tells Sirius about <laughs> not recognizing her. Sirius is like, wait a minute. You didn't notice she was That's beautiful it? before? I noticed it, and I'm her cousin. How could you not have noticed that before? I like the, I suppose I haven't really thought about whether or not she's beautiful. She's a student. She was a student when she was eight. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. No, not really. Idiots. <laughs> uh, this is when I absolutely adore Sirius. Mm-hmm. I see. He's just yeah. like, yeah. yeah. And Sirius finding it amusing makes it less disturbing for Remus, so that helps a little. Yeah. Remus needs every little pushing get at this point. He's mm-hmm. dragging his feet very slowly, or very um, determinedly, we'll say. Yeah. I think it's amusing considering I, I am a fan of <clears throat> Regency romances, and it Luth. is very common for the young debutant to be engaged or married to somebody who was twice her age. That was not unusual. Yeah. So I just it's oh, it, you can't really call you, 
you can't really call Remus old-fashioned because that's not the way it was in the old-fashioned time. It's you are no. being a stick in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I mean, then you would you would love the my favorite my one of my favorite fanfics, oh. but it's neat. So yeah, because she's a lot younger than he is. Oh. Uh, he was a black dragon. Okay. Yeah, the, the naughty one. I need to read that yeah. one these days. Mm-hmm. But. Anyhow, we have Remus attempting to draw her, and he's not doing very well. So he gives up. Sorry, I'm distracted because I keep waiting for Scott to drop. It's very sad. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Um, well, he's, he's made it to work, mm-hmm. and he's trying to mark papers, and then he discovers that he's drawn her profile in the corner. He's like, ah, very sad, very sad. He's doodling. Yep. And Alan says, after the holidays, Blythe will have about a dozen emails out, all of them contradicting one another on how to do things for the new term. Uh, just, just go find the last one. <laughs> find the last one and see what the final form is. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't quite mastered drafting things before sending them. <laughs> but we have a message from Dudley. May I come and see you in your free hour? He's like, hmm, no rude comments, no slurs against magic, just a request. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something that's wicked this way comes. Mm-hmm. This is when Alan mentions that Joe's had a relapse. Yeah. And that Dudley was there. Because Dudley was there. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. He wants to know what hospital he's in, and we find out he got to go home yesterday. So Remus is going to go by and see him. So he has his morning classes, and uh, Daniel uh, sidetracks the entire class in a long discussion about Galileo, because mm-hmm. he's read a whole bunch more than they're actually supposed to do. And, of course he has. He's like a Hermione. Daniel is a Hermione of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Dudley comes in, and Remus asks if he can close the door. And he says, Mr. Garvey told me what happened to Joe. And he says, Dudley, why did you go there? I told you. And Dudley says, I didn't believe you. He says, I'm sorry. Yeah. I should have made sure you believed. And he you know, he says, why are they doing this? Why do they care about him? Why did they do this to me? And Remus says, I don't know. I don't know who did this. And he says, mm. you know, Dudley's like, oh, an older, pretty blonde woman. She was really pretty. <laughs> and, you know, now you have yeah. older to Remus yeah. is not going to be the same age as older to Dudley. So now he's got to figure out exactly right. how what he means by older. Mm-hmm. So... He thought she was a professional lady. <laughs> a bit drunk, maybe. Uh, yeah. she but she bought me a drink. With him. Or a bit a full of himself. Mm-hmm. She offered to, mm-hmm. you know. And Remus is like, <laughs> you didn't think that was odd? And Dudley's like, not after yeah, a match. Sure. Always people like that after a match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think Dudley's also the kind of person to be like, yeah, I deserve that. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm awesome. Yeah, he's God. a little full of himself. <clears throat> yeah. So then Remus wants to know about the man. He says, I don't know who he was. He was a little bloke. And he looks at Remus and he says, are you really here to help? And Remus, and Remus says, says, I was supposed to be here to stop this from happening, but uh, since it's already happened, uh, well, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, can you make it stop? And Remus says, well, yeah, but I have to find out exactly what happened first. And Dudley's like, I don't remember. I don't remember what happened. And Remus says, well, there's a way to make it make you remember. We'll We'll figure it out. And this is where Dudley is human. This is the only place I've ever seen Dudley human, except for maybe right after the Dementors. Because as much as he hates magic, as much as he's afraid of magic, 
he wants to, he's putting Mr. Levinson, he's putting Joe first. And, yeah. You know, that's that's a huge step for Dudley. Really is. So. Joe's pretty much the first adult he's ever respected, I think. Mm-hmm. So he has no respect for either of his parents, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they don't give him any respect, so why yeah. give back to them? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fawning on somebody doesn't isn't the same as respecting them. Yeah. But they don't quite get that. There's a line from Ferris Bueller that's uh, appropriate. Mm-hmm. You can't respect someone who kisses your. There's a line from from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Uh, you can't uh, you can't respect someone who kisses your ass. <laughs> it's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. And that's what that's what they, Brennan and Petunia do. That's for sure. Yeah. And so Dudley tries to talk about Harry, but of course he can't. And. Remus says, yeah, it's probably because of Harry. And he says, I'm going to pound that little rat. You know, it's not his fault. He had no idea. So he says, well, they'll come again, won't they? I don't know. He wants to know if there's anything he can do to defend himself. And Remus says, well, I'll have to think about that. Can you come back later? And we'll we'll work something out. Yeah. Dudley gives him a narrow He tells Dora about this. (laughs) It's pure petunia. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So he tells Dora what's going on and that they need to get Joe to Andromeda somehow. Mm-hmm. And so they'll have to work on that. And they talk things out a little bit, but he's still in turmoil. Yeah. He's he's going to have to find something to keep himself busy until this nonsense passes, except uh, uh, Voldemort steps in and does it for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently... He's so helpful that way. Yeah. Damn, Zaldi. Always been it for keeping Zaldi you busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we find out, this is when Azkaban is brought down. They yeah. lost it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They lost Everyone us. This was the big thing the that they after. were building up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they thought it was the prophecy or the, the giants or attacking the train or something, and nobody thought of Azkaban. Yeah, because nobody ever escaped from there, so why would you think of it? Well, yeah. besides serious. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a serious tape. He's mm-hmm. a special case, though. Right. They know none of the Death Eaters yeah. are an major. Right. So we know that Bellatrix. Well, is there's out. also one. There's also one very important thing difference between Sirius and most of the other inmates at Azkaban is Sirius knew that he was innocent. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, a lot of inmates think they're innocent too. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, twice in this chapter, um, somebody's first reaction is, "Well, ten prisoners. That's not that bad." But then the other bit is, it's Azkaban. They've never had anywhere close to that before. So mm-hmm. something has obviously changed drastically. Yeah. Right. And so he summons the order. He doesn't hesitate. He's got to get them there as quickly as he can. And here we got everybody there. Arthur and, Ry- and Molly have arrived and uh, Alpheus and Dung and Arabella and Bill. And, you know, everybody's there. And there's so many people. Even Madame Maxime is there. Mm-hmm. So. Which gives for someone to talk to, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And Moody gives the announcement as soon as he gets there, and everybody starts talking at once. Yeah. And Remus kind of waves them down and lets Moody describe the rest of it. Well, we wouldn't know anything about talking at once. No, oh, no, never. No, oh, no. not at this place. <laughs> not us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they realize that this means the Dementors have gone over to Voldemort. That's the only way ten people could have escaped at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, and of course, yeah. it's the worst Death Eaters of the lot that are the ones who escaped. Yeah. We find out that it was Dolohoff that killed her brothers, Molly's brothers. Yep. So she's upset when she finds out that he was one of the ones that escaped. Yeah. 
Of course, Dora's not very happy that Auntie Bella is one of them either. No. Yeah. And the ministry has decided to blame it on Sirius because, you know, after all, he's a dangerous escaped prisoner, so he Mm -hmm. obviously went back for all his friends. Well, you know, Bella is his cousin. Possibly. Yeah. Well, it makes sense if you it makes sense if you believe the ministry line, doesn't it? I mean, he's the only previous person to break out of Azkaban. Mm-hmm. Right. So, but yeah. That's yeah, but, but 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 why go back and get them? I mean, why don't you just cause mass? You've got you, for distraction so that you can kill more people. I mean, really? Yeah. Well, the de- you know. all the Death Eater attacks were blamed on one person. I mean, who who is serious now, Voldemort? <laughs> you know. Because he who not, must not be maimed does not exist. So it's all it's all Sirius's fault. Oh, that's true. It's all Sirius's fault. Yes, be. Yeah. And they and they they think of Sirius as being Voldemort's right hand man, uh, as they say. And and um, this is you know deeper than his counsels or whatever. I guess I forget what the exact phrasing is from from Prisoner of Azkaban, but they they consider him to be a yeah. top level Death Eater, even though you know you know <laughs> you know it's obviously completely false. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I always thought it was interesting no that all the people. Well, and then and all the people that they've caught that were Death Eaters, Barty, um, uh, uh, oh, yeah. help me out here. Um, Kargaroff. Crouch. Kargaroff. Nobody said anything about Sirius Black. <laughs> no, yeah. nobody. But you know. of course, no, nobody said anything about yeah. Peter Pettigrew either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they all thought Peter absence Pettigrew. Absence of was evidence dead. is not evidence of absence. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so Remus has decided that he he's going to have to leave Smeltings. And Minerva shows up and says, oh, no, 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 I've been talking to Albus, mm-hmm. and you need to stay there. Yeah, because Dudley will probably be even more of a target. Target, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's more Death Eaters to go after him now, unfortunately. Well, not only the Death Eaters, but the Dementors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Bill says, oh, you know, surely he wouldn't grieve that much. Dudley's horrible to him. And uh, who is it? Um, Remus Remus says, you know, he's hairy. He'll feel guilty regardless of whether he likes Dudley. Yeah. And, and Arabella yeah. says, yeah, he practically carried that Dursley boy home without magic after they were attacked this summer. And Dudley's a lot bigger than he is. And yeah. they start to really think. And they work out a list of other people that they need to deal with, the, the Longbottoms, Mrs. Longbottom, uh, Hermione's parents, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tonks's. And she has a scroll from Dumbledore to show to um, Ted and Andromeda, Andromeda so that they'll know the secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If he thinks that's best, he says to use his judgment. But he knows it's best. I like Don. Yeah. Don wants, he wants to be an Arabella's secret keeper. <laughs> Apparently, they got a little thing going in this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need fan fiction. It works. Why not? <laughs> yeah, and here we find out. Never says how old. Go ahead. We never know how old McDonald's is. Anyhow, that's true. Mm-hmm. Big yeah. Fletcher ship. Yeah. <laughs> the the, uh, the FF. Huh? What would that be? It could be like the FF something. SS something. I don't know. I know. I don't know. It doesn't sound all that interesting to me, honestly. That sounds. No. This is what we used to call OPS Old People Sex. It's like, I don't want to know about it. Not necessary, right? No. I've read I've read a fic where it 
turned out that Arabella Fig was actually young, pretending to be an old woman so she could get the baby. I think that was right, before we knew she was a squib, too. So she was actually a witch in, in disguise. Well, uh, Aaron, you were talking about gallery cast the, earlier. and they. Yeah. I'm listening to some of the back episodes because I've just discovered it. And they were talking about Albus and, and uh, how, you know, he didn't have a boyfriend in, in later life and stuff. And they're, and they're like, well, yeah, because we don't want to see old people sex. <laughs> <They were, No. laughs> that's why Jody, Jody no. invited that in, you know. No, weird. old people sex is bad. I agree. Discussion. <laughs> <clears throat> now that we're uh, off course here. We're way off course. <laughs> I don't even I don't remember which fandom that was. I think it was the Stargate fandom where we had and then they were talking about Battlestar Galactica fandom and it was like OPS oh, yes! ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. Oh dear. Oh my god, we are so I, off I have... topic. So, was Dora top? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, God. So, Dora goes into mega Hufflepuff mode and works on absolutely everything at once. She's on the hunt for the Death Eaters. She's trying to guard the prophecy room. She's coming to lunch every week. And, yeah, she's uh, overworking herself. She, she, did she even manage to go to like some book club meetings or something during this time period too? Like, yeah, crazy, some of them, all over the place stuff. Yeah, she's bouncing. I think she's got a time turner hidden away. So, we did find out a little bit earlier that uh, Remus had decided to teach Dudley some protective some things. We don't quite know what, but he's teaching him how to protect himself against magic. So mm-hmm. he hasn't worked out what to do either. He's just going to do it. He finds Sirius at one point breaking uh, Regulus's frog collection. They were gifts from Bellatrix. Mm-hmm. Remus stops him and repairs them again because that's not who he's angry at. But, yeah. Gilderoy gets assigned to tell if anybody comes into the long-term care ward at night. And so he reports the apprentice healer five or six times because he never remembers him. <laughs> He's just the apprentice healer. He's not really worth remembering, you know. No, he's not he's as not. important as the, the full healer. Remus has given Dudley uh, the telephone number at Doris in case the, he needs any help while he's away from spellings. This, of course, meant he had to go to Doris Which... flat every night, although she's rarely... Darn. Terrible, awful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she can't go to lunch as many times. She only makes a few of her book club meetings, although Remus is surprised she makes any of them. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Alan gets worried. So I want to see him having midlife crisis because of some girl he's sketching. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, Alan's a good friend. You know, he is. Yeah. So and Remus explains that he's just drawing pictures of Dora when she was younger. So he's he's not cheating on her. Quite, no, no. Dora shows up. That's finally. still not quite okay. <laughs> Poor thing. She's having a you know. She's worked a double shift, brewed the potion, and dropped it off. She still hasn't slept. And she nods off with her head against Falls the side of Remus's desk. Yeah, and mm-hmm. he says, "You know, I'm going to find somebody else to brew the potion." But yeah. she says, "Oh no, you don't." Yeah, she's being like me. She won't give up a project if somebody else might do it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Put a leg locker curse on her if you have to. This is the last time I hire a Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is a Hufflepuff? Yay! Hufflepuff. I wonder what Hufflepuff. Kingsley was. I don't know. 
I've seen him as a Hufflepuff in some things, but obviously not this one. Not this one. I always thought he, he could be, be a Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Yeah. Yeah, I would think he's a Gryffindor. And Remus, she has a few days off, but she tells him finally she's okay, and she starts bringing the potion back, and he says, "I'm taking you off the guard schedule, and you're not putting yourself back in." She, you know. Yeah. But but right. she's um, already done that once. Mm-hmm. He's talked to Dudley about a protective amulet, but Dudley doesn't want one of those. And, he finds Dora at his computer when he gets to work early in the morning, and she says, Alan, let me in. He, he thinks that we're having some sort of argument, and he left me to talk to you alone. And so Remus has to explain that he thinks that I'm considering cheating on you with a younger woman, and uh, that makes her laugh, which is really good. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And so he shows her the new drawing, which is... A lot better than looking like a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She says, and she. I have an idea for Joe, courtesy of my dear Aunt Bellatrix. <laughs> Ooh, this should be fun. I just thought it was funny. Yeah. She's like, I need to watch that Ginny Weasley. I knew there was something going on. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you she had a crush on him. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, I know. Remus is like, how exactly did you get an idea from Bellatrix? Chapter 25, a risky idea. And so they decide Mm. they've got an hour to talk about it. And uh, so... It turns out that Fudge has authorized some new measures because just the other day they lost a chance to capture Bellatrix because she was in a muggle area and you're not allowed to use magic in front of muggles Mm -hmm. because it requires mass memory germs. So he's rewritten some stuff so that they can, if they're in pursuit of a Death Eater, they can do whatever they want, basically. Well, think about it. The Death Eater's not going to have any qualms of doing magic in front of a muggle. Right. Duh. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the cops not being able to shoot at the bad guys because they might, they might hit a, a, a bystander, mm-hmm. but the bad guys does the bad guy doesn't care. He'll shoot anybody. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, yeah. She's, well, as they've said, it, it hasn't been an issue because most dark wizards avoid muggles like the plague anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, right. In this case, it was. Their mm-hmm. idea is if um, and what what they're authorized to do is to stun any muggles that are in the way and deal with them later. Right. And hey, she figures <laughs> if they can be chasing a Death Eater coincidentally past Joe Levinson. Uh, they can stun him and get him to St. Mungo's, and Andromaca can just happen to find he's got a nasty curse on him. And uh, huh. that'll be able to work it out. And Remus is like, uh-huh, and where are you going to get a Death Eater? That'll be you! <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a plan that could never... This is, could, nothing could go wrong with this plan. This oh, plan no, is foolproof. <laughs> Oh man! But seriously, folks. <laughs> yeah, and you know, so, so, not the. Go ahead. I say it's, it's not the worst plan he's ever heard, but uh, it's got to be in the top five. <laughs> yeah. And seriously, and the whole time she's talking, she's like scarfing food as quick as she can, and now she's uh, sick to her stomach. And- mm-hmm. Well, it's Bella. Because she's so disappointed in herself for letting Bella get away. She talks about the first time she met her when she was five, and uh, the pretty nice pretty lady came up to her and said, You know you're a monster, don't you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to kill your daddy very yeah. soon. And then I'm going to kill you. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's Bellatrix for you. She's a, a bit of a, what's the word? Molly used it that one time. Bitch. I don't remember. I think it started with a B. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Psycho. Yeah, she's. I like bitch. Kind of a bitch. Kind of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of. Just a and now she's done nuts as well. You know, I, I'm thinking yeah. the word so sociopath is a good word for Bella. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that could be appropriate. Yeah. Crazy. She's a scary person. <laughs> so serious. How's somebody you want to meet in a dark alley? No. How about no. in a light alley? God. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be out. I wouldn't want to meet her, her right in the middle of a freaking spotlight. No. Excuse me. Yeah. Sorry. But Sirius has about the same opinion of this plan as we do. She says, mm-hmm. oh, yes, it's a brilliant idea. Why don't you pretend to be an escaped Death Eater and I'll come, come and get you with another Auror who doesn't know you're faking? Yeah. Yes, Dora, now that you Why, of course, it, that's, that's a wonderful idea. Splendid idea. Splendid. Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. And he says, well, you know, you really should consider using an actual wanted criminal, but they don't let him do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but... You mean like serious Black? For example, really. yeah. Mm, there's an I idea. I thought they were going to make make Remus take serious polyjuice or something. <laughs> but no, he God. pretends to be Rookwood. Ed. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, he'll do it because it's for Joe. So. And they have their little uh, banter. He says, you know, uh, I know this is a risky idea, but I have to try something. Um, Sirius says, yeah, I think you may spontaneously combust if you don't. <laughs> Remus says, I'm talking about Joe. Yeah. I'm not. Oh. Yeah, I caught that. He hunts up um, Reg's old wardrobe. He can't find the Death Eater mask, but he's got the old robes, so that's perfect. And uh, mm-hmm. they're going to plan. Unfortunately, her partner on Saturday is Scrimger, who's actually pretty good because mm-hmm. Kingsley didn't have enough time to change the roster. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, this this yeah, plan is foolproof. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And here nothing we go. Nothing could go wrong. Nothing. Nothing could go wrong. You know, it, I, it, <laughs> has anybody seen Cannonball Run? Separated sound, nothing. And like you know, everything does. The bumper comes off the car. They run into a cliff. You know, nothing can separate us now. Uh-huh. I, Famous last words. They just did a right. stuff you should know on Cannon on the original Cannonball Run, the real race. It was yeah. really quite mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. It was done um, by the guy that you know came up with the idea and stuff. And he, the first one only had. I think like four or five people in it. It wasn't very many. And he uh-huh. actually got some old guy. I think it was an older, older guy that said, now I have to get my car from 
you know, the East Coast to the West Coast. And they're like, oh, well, we'll drive it to you. You know, this really souped out Ferrari and stuff. We'll drive it for you. And, and the guy's like, okay, I'll pay you this much, but you have to promise not to drive it at night and you can't go over 70 miles an hour. And they're like, sure, we promise. Not a problem. And then they do the race in this car. And of course they take it faster than 70 and drive at night because they win the whole race. You know, so but it was really interesting. I like stuff you should know. It's a fun and and if you're if you're not sure what the can, what a cannonball run is, it is a informal, no holds barred, coast to coast race. Yep. And it is. It, they I don't remember how many times they actually did the run, but they made a movie out of it, several movies out of it. Yep. And it was a literally all star cast. I mean, you had. Just off the top of my head, I remember uh, Dean Martin, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, um, John Candy was in it, yeah, um, uh, Jamie Farr, uh, uh, Charles Nelson Reilly. Um, yeah. <laughs> it was like it just kept going. Everything you could, yeah, and, and there were there were cameos, and it was this big just demolition derby, and you had to get from New York to L.A. And whoever did it the fastest one. Kelly? Did we lose her? We lost her. <laughs> uh, no. Is this Trisha? No, we uh, lost Kelly. Oh, no. I'm still here. I'm in still the middle here. of her sentence, of course. Of course. Well, that's how we were losing you. The best way to lose people mm-hmm. is in the middle of a sentence. Mm-hmm. Well, at least you know then that you've lost them. You know, I know. Get them just between sentences, you I, might I don't have to while. wait for the little phone call thing to go, oh, wait, I lost somebody. It might be me. Yes, we know. Yeah, but with you. It was Sorry. one sentence. It took me a minute to get to you. I was still in, in Scott mode. Okay. So, But yeah, it's a great movie, and if you haven't seen it, go rent it. And that is our cinematic you know, plug for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was in freaking Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. <laughs> or Star Wars. We've mentioned Star Wars occasionally, I think. But yeah. <laughs> So. Okay, moving along. I'm sorry. Yeah, so Remus yes. can't be in the shed because there's no way out, and but he can't be far enough ahead of them that he can't apparate. So he's got to kind of do this. Yeah, they've they've set up the shed with a no way. old no bedroll way. and bunch of clippings and things mm-hmm. to make it look like Rookwood is here, basically. Uh, and um, and they've got Joe and Miriam outside. Have they told him? I can't remember. No, they have no, no idea. No. They, 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 they've yeah, set this up in the shed that's next to their Valentine's holiday yeah. place. But they did somehow get them outside, or they knew they'd be outside or something. Yeah. And, and he's just tickled by them. They're, they're having this great conversation, and Miriam turns and smiles, or Joe presses a kiss, and all of a sudden he thinks to himself, you're going to terrorize them. What are you thinking of? And he's like, ah, I, it's got to be done. In order to save Joe's life, it's got to mm-hmm. be done. And it's just like, oh. So, and so what he does is the greater good. What he all uh, mm-hmm. he just he just I don't know what he does. I forget. Uh, well, oh my god, I am so tired. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, uh, hang on, we're almost there. And all right, Scrimshaw thinks charges them. Yeah, he sees him, and Doris says, "There he is." And the, Remus is running, and the trees are too thick for the broomstick. And of course, you know you can't apparate while you're running, so they're just going, 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 and you know. He's gonna. There's the path is uneven and rocky, and he's hurting himself. And he's thinking, mm-hmm. "Oh no, Dora's gonna kill him, kill herself, because you know she's such a klutz." And Joe yeah. and Miriam are standing up and dives at Miriam, <laughs> knocking her to the ground. And he points his wand at her head, and Joe runs at him, and Remus shoves him away. 
with a banishing charm and Scrimshaw says, let go of her, Rookwood! And he's like, oh, you don't think I'd hurt this nice muggle lady, do you? And mm-hmm. she throws a stunning spell at Joe, who's already up and trying to get to marry him again. And then raises, you know, knocks him out. Of course, he's stunned. Mm-hmm. And Scrimshaw is moving forward, and he shoves Miriam in his direction and pulls out his broomstick, and, and he's gone. And Dora says, I've got it. And Scrimshaw yells, take care of the hostages. And he takes off after Remus. And, of course, it was Dora oh, that was supposed to go was not part of the plan. Yeah. 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 No way. And no way Re- this plan could go wrong. No way it could go wrong. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. So, uh, basically, lands to the ground. Scrimshaw has a much better broom than he has. So mm-hmm. He's constantly catching up. And, um, yeah. So and he just... Operates, but he gets away. Yeah, well. Yeah. And so we go to this memory that he has of his father. If you ever get confused or disoriented while you're operating, just concentrate on who you are and staying whole, not where you're planning to be. And then wherever you end up, at least you'll be in one piece. And so he crashes into the floor and he looks up and he's in the shrieking shack. He's like, Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, it's always the shrieking mm-hmm. yep. Interesting that, that it's, it's such a part of who he is that he, he when he's trying to concentrate on himself on uh, on on staying whole. That's part of that's the part of him that yeah that represents that. I guess mm-hmm. um, that's where he can most easily picture himself. Yeah. Yeah. More of Remus murdering himself. Mm-hmm. So he pulls. Yeah, I like that. But having done this, it's handy for um, seeing another little bit of the canon book because we see um, he gets to see Luna when she's meeting up with um, what is Hermione it? and uh, Rita. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yes, when uh, they're getting Rita for the interview. Yeah, he says Scrimshaw coming after him before Dora could was a bit of bad luck. But as half-baked plans went, it could have gone more seriously wrong. <laughs> Yeah. No way uh-huh. it could have gone wrong. No way. <laughs> Nothing could go wrong. <laughs> so now he's got to get to St. Mungo's as quickly as possible to let Dora know that he's made it safely. But he also has to wait long enough that it won't seem odd that he knew she was there. Right. Yeah, he has to think of a plausible way to do that. And he notices the kids in the village getting Valentine's stuff. And he says, oh, okay, I'll get her some Valentine's chocolates and take them to the Auror office, and they'll send me to St. Mungo's. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So he trades in his fine black dark robes for his patched and worn ones, worn ones that he usually has, and puts the mask in his pocket, but ties it in there so he can't lose it, which is good. And uh, Yeah. Off he goes. He he does. He gets to the horror office, and uh, Kingsley's like, uh, "Lupin, I see you'll have to leave your Valentine's chocolates on her desk. She's not here." Um, he's like, "Yes, uh, you could have said that a little louder. I think the people on the fifth level didn't hear you." <laughs> <laughs> oh no, is she all right? <laughs> yes, yes. She's just had a, a run-in with Muggles. They're at St. Muggles, having their memories modified. I guess if you wanted to take them there. But she's not on break. And he gives him a stern look. <laughs> yep. I love that when he gets to St. Mungo's, he runs into his healer friend. And she's like, hmm, Remus Lupin and chocolates. Must be Valentine's Day. Or maybe it's love. 
Or maybe it's just a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he likes his chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, he always loves his chocolate. Everybody has Remus' love in his chocolate. So There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's not. No, that's true. Back with it. It's like, you know, Mundungus likes his fire whiskey. It must be Saturday. <laughs> he likes his, you know what? He likes, Mundungus likes his funny cigarettes, too. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. I smoke, yep. So he heads down because he finds out that they're down in Ted's office that Andromeda had found this bit of a tight curse on the man. And she'd been working on him for over an hour. And so he heads down and (coughs) scares Dora half to death. And she, of course, flies into his arms, wants to know if he's okay. Mm -hmm. She's, yeah, I'm fine. And Miriam says, you're Raymond, aren't you? And, uh. Of course, he's not wearing his disguise. Right. Dora's like, I had to tell Dora you. To tell her. Yeah. <laughs> they they recognize mom from before. I mean, how could we have explained that? So yeah, he looks. And they've apparently put a spell around the one painting, so he doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah. Says you know, and Miriam's like, you scared me badly. And Remus says, I'm so sorry. And she says, if Joe comes out of this, you're entirely forgiven. Yeah. So. But it is weird. Yeah, finding out these people you've known for months are actually nothing like mm-hmm. what you thought they were and stuff. Dora says, really, um, we haven't been lying about much, just what we looked like. Yeah. She wants to know how long they've really been married, and Dora says, uh, we haven't. <laughs> yeah. joking! Yeah. So Dora gets her chocolates. Happy Valentine's Day. Yay. They says, you know, we, we really have known each other for 20 years. I knew her when she was little. Yeah. And they explain where this curse came from. Came to him. Yeah. And uh, Ted has an idea about getting Joe's memories of the fight and trying to work out what happened. Mm-hmm. Miriam's really uh, bitter because she's not going to remember any of it. Doris like, I'm sorry, it's the law. Yeah, she doesn't like the memory. That damn foolish, high-handed, no. arrogant yeah. law. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. And Andromeda tells well, them Dudley's can... going to have to come in, mm-hmm. just in case there's something on his end as well. Mm-hmm. We what were you saying, it's... Kelly? I was saying maybe they can accidentally leave something like a dream and she can write a book about it. There you go. <laughs> you <Yeah>. never know. <laughs> <laughs> so... Raymond Lewis and the uh, knobbly stick of doom? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> Oh, I we, that we do so know bad. that it's Narcissa that did it because she's a fuss budget when it comes to magic, and she always puts these little curly cues on everything. And uh, yeah, yeah. Andromeda recognizes her yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And apparently, Bellatrix said something really upsetting to her, but she still hasn't said to anyone what it was. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that later. Possibly not tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's not. It's not very nice. Really, not very nice at all. Beltrix, Beltrix being a whatever that B word was, a bitch. Yes, mm-hmm. Beltrix being a bitch, bitch yet again. Yeah, and a, a twisted, twisted bitch too. Ooh, trying to figure Bad out dumb. how I can Bad. work this into the show title, but I'm not sure. Beltrix, the twisted bitch. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Could always use the um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer version and say Bitcup. Oh, okay. It doesn't have the same ring to it. <laughs> no. No, it really doesn't. It's an excuse for finding quotes, though. <laughs> anyway. 
Dora and Remus have a bit of a moment because she's been really stressed and she just she needs it. Mm-hmm. And he kisses her. And yeah, he's decided to um, just go with it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what she needs. And he really is a I, good man. I was gonna say she's not the only one that needs it. <laughs> yeah, Remus needs it too, but he's <laughs> you know, he doesn't right like. There. <laughs> he's well, he's used to denying himself, be it for you know for anything, for you know buying something or for you know having feelings for Adora or you know trying to be part of Harry's life. He denies himself anything that he really wants, anything he really wants to do, anything he really wants to you know experience. Yeah, he could have stayed in at Hogwarts. You know, he could have weathered the storm and tried to continue teaching people knowing he was a, a werewolf. Mm-hmm. You know, but he instead he resigned immediately and left the school. He he cuts he kind of cuts and runs. Yeah. And he didn't do that for once. Yeah. He didn't. And I guess that's going to end off our podcast for this week or the next two weeks or whatever our pattern happens to be by the time this comes out. Are we going to end it now or are we going to let these two go and try to keep going a little bit longer? Well, I'm fine with care. that, but uh, whatever works. I can't do it. Well, I know. I know. Oh, yeah. You and Aaron are going to go. Should we end on the cliff? We'll end on the kiss, huh? Should we end on the kiss? All right. That sounds fine. Aaron? Thank yeah. you for joining us. Is there anything you want to yeah. say about this before you go? No, I think I, this is a this is a really well well done fic. I love I love Fern with you. All her stuff's excellent. You know, I I really enjoyed the the Teddy Lupin fix. You know that that that, and I had read those first. And reading these afterwards, it's like really um, it really adds a whole new dimension to it because you get some more of the you know inside kind of references. Maddie Apcarn is. You know, in in the in those <laughs> stories, and um, you know, Frankie, if their their son is later on as well, and you know, it's it's really stuff like Re, uh, Remus drawing comes back, and she she does a very good job of fitting her idea of the world in with the canon idea of the world, and mm-hmm. um, I, that's yeah, that, that's the really the 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 true victory of this of the series, especially since you know it was written before some of this stuff was confirmed, like. I don't know, Remus Tonks, for example. Right. <laughs> and she, 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 she calls many things well. It reminds me a lot of uh, the way um, Melinda did that with uh, the Seventh Horcrux, you know, catching things before they happen, just, you know, based on the barest of context clues. And um, it's really quite impressive and, and a lot of fun to read and talk about. Yeah. Yep. Well, she will be happy to hear you on say that. On a completely that shallow uh, note, it's nice having another male voice on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, don't you don't think I sound manly enough? Yeah, well, you almost sound manly enough, Trisha, but yeah, okay. I know better. Men don't usually. <laughs> yeah, they don't squee and, and, and they don't drool all over Snape, as far as we know. Don't lie to me. Right. <laughs> you never know, there might be some, but. <laughs> well, I'm sure. But. Possibly. Once that we know. Well, anyway, it has been has been a lot of fun, and I'll and I'm you know I'm always glad to come back you know as, as some other time. But it's uh, I gotta sign off for tonight. I'm gonna go to bed. Well, thank you, Aaron. And, yeah. Uh, it looks like we're gonna add another podcast. So if you want in on the last one, we'll we'll stick it in the lineup. All right. Well, uh, yeah. I'll uh, take a look at my schedule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let us know. Yeah. All right. I guess the next right. one will be uh, half of the things you read for this one. Good night, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Good night, Aaron. The good night. next one will be night, half of this one. <laughs> yeah. Trisha, do you want to do anything or do you just want to die? 
Um, I think I'm dying. Okay. Say goodnight, Trisha. Right. As long as you resurrect Good night, Trisha. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, why don't we all uh, say goodnight? Goodnight. Okay. Goodnight, uh, everybody. everybody. Night. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.